Well, I hope there's something suitably hilarious to uh, do the cold open with. But Me too. If not, this is all they get. Use a clip from a previous show. Who will know? <laughs> who will know? No one. No one will know. That's the thing. Basically, we do anything on the show. No one will know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. And you know what? I think that Greg Evans doesn't know what to do with Luann right now. Oh, here's a weird thing about, first of all, Greg Evans and, and Luann. Uh, first of all, it's weird that you brought up a comic strip to start. Because the first thing I, I, I put up here was just like, I, I just, you said something that rhymed with Marmaduke. And I went like, I wonder if Dave can guess when Marmaduke started. But I want to get back to Luann. Okay. But uh, when do you think the Marmaduke cartoon uh, comic strip? Can I do it as a decade? Sure. Is it the 50s? You're right. Okay. Want to get specific then? Okay. Let's say 54. Exactly right. Bang really? on 54. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, Brad, I think, I think Brad you're lying. And, you're just trying to make me feel better. Nope, that's absolutely right. Brad <laughs> Anderson uh, wrote and drew it uh, from 1954 to 2015. There's one problem with that name. Brad Anderson? It doesn't feel like it's a 50s name. It feels like it's a, a 90s name. Mm. Don't you think so? No, that's fine. Like if yeah. I told you that I, I there was a guy from the 50s called Brad Anderson, you'd go, nope. Or if I named someone Brad Anderson in a, in a movie I was writing that took place in the 50s. I think like And Anderson I named him is, Brad Anderson. I think I think uh, Mr. Anderson. Is, I would say Anderson would make sense. Uh, but you, Bradley is not a, a I don't Brad? I don't yeah, I'm this I, I don't know. It doesn't feel it doesn't it doesn't ring true. Let me just say that. I don't think your facts are true. All right, fair I, enough. I think you're on the the Marma fluke page. You should maybe look at the top and see if it's some, some sort of like your your uh all your information on your computer is being drained away. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, okay. Since we're going to uh, Luann and talking about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, when did Luann start? What year? <clears throat> Luann is... Let's go decade. Oh, 80s. Okay. I'm going to say 82. 82? Uh, three years off, it ah. is 85. Ah, darn. Yep. I was pretty close. And Greg Evans, as you said, has been uh, doing it uh, since then. So what? Uh, what's the problem with Luann? This, uh, by the way, that's the new podcast we're doing. Is, <laughs> what's the problem with Luann? I saw how that Kathy podcast did. It did all right. Yeah. So we're now j- just going deep dive into, into sure. Luann. By the way, I have met Greg Evans more often than uh, I probably should. You've met you've met him more often than you've met Kathy Guyswhite. I have never met Kathy Guyswhite. Well, then we shouldn't talk about Kathy then. I've, I've met him more often than I've met Lynn Johnson, and I was working on something with Lynn Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've met him more times than I met uh, Jeffy from Family okay. Circus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I, I like Jeffy. He's nice. His name's Jeff. He's Jeff now. <laughs> but, as I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. when he talks about his mom, yeah, calls her mommy. Yeah, does he? Yeah. Mommy. He calls her mommy. That's interesting. Yeah. Does that mean that we... I think nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that in a judgmental we, yeah, way. Yeah, no, I think we unconsciously stopped saying that at a point in our. Like, I remember when the girls stopped calling. I mean, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember that the girls stopped calling me daddy and just started calling me dad. I don't think he calls his dad daddy. I think he calls his dad dad because I ran his. I ran my theory by him that the dad switched in family circus, <laughs> which I still think they did. And if you look at the old comics, there's a drunk. 
who's like in the first couple of years, and then it switches to a guy with glasses that looks yeah. nothing like that guy. Sure. Very sensible shirts. Mm-hmm. Definitely goes to work. And the other guy was like always oh, sneaking off to the bar and uh, Andy capping it. <laughs> uh, and then something happened. Yeah. And I, let's just say Christian Dad showed up. And then the house filled with ghosts. And uh, <laughs> are they ghosts? Or are they just? Are they like? Well, Grandpa's a ghost. Okay, I was thinking. But I he's always visiting the, from heaven. He's not a ghost. He is an angel. I thought you. I thought you were talking about the invisible creatures that run around. Not me. I and, don't know. Not me and who dat. <laughs> yeah, and new phone who dis. <laughs> those two. Those the, new, two. the newest uh, new ghost. Phone, new phone and then who dis the two ghosts <laughs> or creatures. They're always hanging. Out I don't know together. what they are because they're not really ghosts. They're not like haunting them. They're just. They're like spirits. They're like this. Yeah, this. They're like the weird spiritual metaphors. Where that well, they are. are they, now are they possessing the kids? No, like because no. when when it's like who broke this vase? Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know is running and giggling off now. <laughs> now here's the thing. Well, the kids are telling the truth. Oh, I guess that's they the are thing. real. Oh my gosh, you're right. Well, that's the thing. Either they're real, mm-hmm. or the the spirit possessed the kid when they <laughs> when to say this thing, and then the spirit ran off because the kid actually did it. No, no. I think I think when they say I don't know, dude. So there's a legitimate haunting going on. There's family a legitimate haunting. And dad and and grandpa, who's in heaven, that's right. Uh, is doing nothing about it. Like he's doing nothing about these uh, rogue spirits, these lost souls. Mm-hmm. They're roaming through the house. Maybe he has no power over them. Also, it's odd now that Billy gets to go on long walks by himself. That seems like a something from another era. You would just not let Billy go on a uh, ambling wander. And uh, just and just and just break into other people's yards. You know what? Billy's in his sixties now, so I think it's okay. That's probably true. It's probably true. Yeah, could be. Are you anyway, to... Jeff uh, Jeff Keen is a nice fella. Um, Greg Evans was was quite pleasant, though. You know, even though I've met him many times, I have not had an in depth conversation with him. And you seem to puzzle him from what I've what I from what I've heard about him. Well, I'm usually trying to get you an autograph or something, <laughs> yes. and he's confused that I'm getting it for my friend David. <laughs> I don't know why that's confusing. I think he's just like... Why? Yeah. Why doesn't what? he just come here? It's because he's it? not at San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> but also, he's thinking like, why is he reading my strip? That's a weird... The guys don't read my... He should be reading Tank McNamara. Oh, there's no funnier strip than Tank McNamara. <laughs> Tell me your favorite Tank McNamara jokes. No, by the way, aside from Tank, okay. which obviously we got to take him out of the picture, yeah. your favorite Tank McNamara characters. Were there characters? All oh, the characters <laughs> in Tank McNamara. I always thought it was just like sort of situational jokes that weren't related. Was, he wasn't like a, was he like a newspaper columnist or something? I have no idea what this. I assume <laughs> the Tank, and I'll look it up in a second. Yeah. Uh, I assume Tank McNamara is a um, sports broadcaster. Okay. That used to be a football player. Yeah. That's my assumption. And mm. I, I'm saying that out of nowhere. I do not know <laughs> I what don't Tank know McNamara's bits is. Now, does he, do, and, and I don't know, does he do topical sports jokes? Like, are there enough sports jokes out there? I guess there are. Yeah. Tank McNamara has been around at least since the late 60s, I think. I think. I would think of it as more of a 70s strip myself. Well, I was reading it in the 70s. I do remember that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was in the sun, so I had to read it. But I don't really remember it. It, was, it wasn't a strip that I read and enjoyed. It was more... No, 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 no. But it existed. It existed there on the page. It was one of two strips that I liked as a kid because I could draw the characters because they were always just head and shoulders. Mm. There's no body parts. Yeah. Yeah, um, you were correct. 1974 was the was the start of uh, Pank uh, McNamara. Here, here's the deal with him. Okay, title character is a local sports television reporter who ah. used to be a defensive li- lineman in the NFL. 
Hence his name. Spot on, sir. Uh, the strip focuses primarily on contemporary uh, American athletics, which allow it to remain topical and also to dabble in related subjects such as politics and social issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good old tank. And uh, the cartoonists uh, on that were uh, Jeff Miller and Bill Hines. Hmm. Jeff Miller sounds... Yeah, it does sound familiar. A shoe? No, I don't think so. Because isn't that the... Isn't that... Oh, maybe it is. I was no, thinking. No, no, no. I think that's a political cartoonist that did. But I think he's a writer. I think he wrote another another one. Okay. Look him up. I will. Because I'm sure people are fascinated by this. Anywho, while you're doing that, I just want to. An American s- comic strip writer. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, he wrote fiction. He wrote the 1975 story, uh, Toto, I Have a Feeling We're Not in Kansas Anymore, uh, which is a science fiction story. Okay. Uh, he co authored a zombie story called Dead and Buried. Uh, but that's about it. Oh. Um, yeah. I thought his name was on something else, but I guess not. Yeah, and uh, passed away in 2012. Oh. Yeah. And won the uh, Houston Film Critics Society Award for Outstanding Achievement, I guess, because Dead and Buried was made into a horror film called Dead and Buried in, uh, in 1981. Hmm. There you go. There Tank all- McNamara, I think he might be the only main character in, 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 in that, I think. Mm. <laughs> It's a mystery to me. Oh, he's friends with Buck Baker. Buck Baker, of yeah. course. And, and Tank's main squeeze is Barb. <laughs> and they uh, they got married uh, in 2020. Oh, wow, wow. Good for Well, like. Je- Jeff Miller did say they'd get married over his dead body. So. Whoa. How <laughs> who? It had to happen. All right. So, look. Mm-hmm. What's your beef with Luann right no, now? No, I have no beef. I just feel like right now, Luann's character... Is a is a minor player in her in her own in her own story. What uh, what options do they have? Because they got to stop her from aging now, right? Like you could have her grow up and you know, yeah, she's a, she's college age now. So I, I guess right. it'll I guess it'll be college humor for a college related. Her brother's married now, right? Her brother is Brad. I believe he is Brad. Yeah, Brad is. Ma- I don't know who's married to the sexiest Tony, woman alive. Tony Daytona. Okay. That's her name? Yeah. They're both firefighters. Both firefighters. And she is pretty sexy. Right. They were both but he's, but he, both inspired by uh, 9-11 and the first responders, I think, and became firefighters. He um, he rescued her from an abusive relationship. Yeah, that's... Uh, yes. that's Yes, he did. So... Well, which is a weird angle to take sometimes with that kind of thing. You kind of want to have that character do it and the <laughs> other character be there for them. But it really should be the... Uh, but... They went the other route. They went the sitcom route. I guess. Where, you know, the guy sees that the uh, a person's in a bad relationship and steps in and takes care of it. And as <laughs> always happens in those situations, goes great. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't at first. I'm sure at first you know, she went back to him. And was like, I don't know. Then, but, uh, it was a bit fraught. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't, wasn't totally happy with his uh, stepping in. Mm-hmm. But she soon learned. Uh, does she have a kid? No, she doesn't want to have children. Okay. Right what, now, what's that right kid? Isn't there a kid that's like hanging her out? Her brother, her her um, aimless musician brother, uh, often drops off his uh, his daughter. Okay, all right. Because there's a wisecracking little kid. There's right. a wisecracking little kid who likes to wear makeup and and and, fe- and female with women's shoes. Okay, I thought you were like grown it. grown women's shoes. Feed Obviously, the, she feed wears the pigeons. Okay, <laughs> feed the pigeons. Yes, and um, but yeah, right now, like we've got um, Luann's friend. Luann's smart friend. Bernice. Bernice has kind of a thing going on where she's kind of becoming interested in boys. Okay. And she's having some tr- difficulty with that. Okay. Because she's kind of a repressed young woman. And then um, 
Tiffany? Tiffany, she's the snob. Former, yes. The She is also, we're kind of following her storyline quite a bit Are we right pro-Tiffany now? now? Has she matured and now she's a better person or is she still shallow as a waiting pool? <laughs> she's a bit more complicated than that. Okay, but she's not an antagonist. To she's not life. necessarily an antagonist. No, I mean, the school days are over and so. The, yeah, we're um, more mature in college. So you, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And she's got some daddy issues and her mom is, or her, her mom is out of the picture. She has a, a stepmom who wasn't a very nice person. Yeah, you got to have a tragic story for the mean girl. Yeah, mm-hmm, you got to do mm-hmm. that. There's that kind of stuff going on. I mean, you know, you have to have things happen, and you're making a comic strip. You can't just have the characters. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Uh, you can't have it like Blondie, where like, he goes to work every every day and gets kicked in the butt, <laughs> or sleeps on the couch. She is listed still as one of the antagonists, though, on the web page. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're Tiffany Farrell. They're not. They're not best buds mm-hmm. by any by any stretch of the imagination. But she's not trying to like set Luann up for a fall. No, she's no. She's got her own. Yeah, I've own got problems. the list of antagonists are Tiffany, okay. Crystal. Don't remember Crystal. Uh, Tiffany's only friend. Uh, she's gone. Uh, uh, Dirk, that's Tony's uh, boyfriend. Okay. Okay. Uh, Derek, that was Bernice's first love interest. Okay. Uh, Derek initially hit on Bernice and asked her uh, to let him store his gym clothes uh, in her locker. <laughs> Uh, Anne Eiffel. Okay. Uh, yeah. She's uh, a more recent one. She was, uh, she was, um, Tiffany's stepmom as well. Okay. And she was a looker. Is that the joke? An Eiffel. Because she's an Eiffel. Yeah. I guess she, I guess that was the, I mean, all the characters are drawn in a very similar way, so it's hard to tell. Okay. You know. And, uh, Leslie Knox. Mm. Who was a, a bully. Nephew of Mr. Gray. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. also his mom is Anne Eiffel. <laughs> Excellent. So we're so we're just focusing too much on Bernice for your liking right now. It's not that it's too much. I just feel like he's you know he's kind of got Luann at this point, and he doesn't know what to do with her. Like because like you say, you can't progress now. Yeah. Like you, he's made these big steps. You know, they've graduated from high school. Yeah. They've gone to college. Yeah. You know, Gunther had went his way. He's hanging with some girl who's really into like uh, like uh, cosplay and stuff like that. So they're doing yeah. their own thing, and then. Uh, she broke up with her her last boyfriend, the, the actor. Aaron Hill. No, no, he was an act, uh, Australian actor dude. Okay, who had come to school and he was, but he kind of he was more interested in his career or in his vocation than he was in uh, in Luann. So he moved on, and so yeah, it just feels like where do you go? Like there's some guys floating around, but you, they haven't really declared themselves, and she hasn't really shown much interest in them. It seems that Bernice is the one that's getting that kind of attention. Because, again, where do you go with those relationships? Exactly, they yeah. They can't move in together. They can't really <laughs> progress past a certain mm-hmm. yeah. point. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you what do? You do? Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe one cheats on her. Maybe they don't. Maybe yeah. they're going to break up. Why? They had a fight. Uh, I guess, maybe. And then they get back together again. I don't know. What do you do? What's the what's the situation? You're kind of like at an impasse here. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There are, there are comics, though, that where... The main character like disappeared, or the title character disappeared, mm-hmm. and the comic just kept going, which is very always very strange to me. But I, my, the one I can think of is Robot Man, obviously. But yeah, there are others, and that was because it was uh, it was a comic that was supposed to be used to sell a toy, mm. and the toy didn't sell. And they had an unrelated cartoon uh, that came that came on that was uh, you know very gentle, and it was a very sarcastic you know kind of biting. Cart, you know, comic strip. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, they made it about Monty, this uh, an alien who then didn't 
was not an alien, then was an inventor, and then wasn't an inventor, was just a guy. Yeah. And then they, another robot showed up after Robot Man yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's... It's very odd. I used to love this strip, and uh, I try and read it, and I go, like, technically it's fine, but it seems to be, like, focusing on this rich kid who's, you know, just a, a rich kid and his butler for yeah, the most part. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Whatever you say. It's like the cartoonist gets bored, and um, have you ever heard of the strip... I think it's called like 29 Chickweed Chickweed Lane or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I haven't read it, but uh, I've heard of it. Oh, it's awful. What, what What's that about? I have no idea. It's about legs. <laughs> it's about women's legs. Okay. And the most awkward uh, anatomy you've ever seen in your life. Is this weird? Like all the strips, like they don't seem to have any kind of any... Like there's nothing to them, and there's no jokes in them. It's just a weird. It's just weird. Oh wait, is it? Uh, did you say ninety nine or nine? I can't remember exactly. It's what. nine chickweed. Lady. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think I added a two in front of it. Which has been around. Oh yeah, so it's a twenty five year old strip. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and it overlaps uh, between between uh, nine chickweed chickweed lane. That's hard to say. <laughs> uh, and uh, the comic strip pig pibgorn. Which also is a hard strip to say. <laughs> Surely you're tripping you up. Mom, 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 mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think I think uh, uh, my comic strip and the, and and this one is in the same syndicate. So uh, wh- I got to watch my tone here. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. It's okay. a great. It follows trip, the uh, fortunes of uh, the women of three generations of the Berber family. Jesus, do they just want to? <laughs> is this for people that just they don't want to read things out loud? The Berber family: uh, Edna, Juliet, and uh, Edda. Uh, uh, the Chickweed Lane is the address of the character's former family home. Okay, and uh, <laughs> it's been given uh, awards for animal rights. Uh, we'll get for that, I guess. Wow. Okay. Just reading some of the reviews uh, here uh, where the critics are critical of the strip's intellectual pretensions and the unspeakably pretentious, self-satisfied, endlessly masturbatory content. (laughs) (laughs) Though, to be fair, people said the same thing about Peanuts. (laughs) They did. Yeah. That was back when it was called Penis. See, that's another example of a strip that changed its character over time. Anyway, it's not true. I'm joking. No. Which is really disturbing when it used to be called Little Folks. <laughs> Sad. And then they went through puberty. And then there we go. Yeah, no, it's a very odd... Uh, I didn't really know much about it, but one time I, on Twitter, someone had taken a, a strip and they had drawn what the anatomy should be. And it was just like, a, it's this impossibly weird drawing. It was supposed to be, supposed to be two people in bed, mm-hmm. a man and a woman. And, but it was just the way they were drawn. It was like the woman would have had to have been floating over top of the man. And oh, it's just craziness. It's all craziness. And it's a very odd. It's a very odd strip. But I, f- I feel sorry for the person. I think he had some health issues. Okay. And uh, I don't I, know. I'm squinting because uh, on uh, December uh, 2021, um, uh, the strip was uh, discontinued uh, because uh, the December first uh, edition had an ethnic slur, which oh. did not meet the standards. And it was oh, okay. removed from the Go Comics website. Oh, oh you mean the, uh, the mannequin on the moon's on the Go Comics website, by the way, if you guys want to check that out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what the slur was, and I'm not going to say it out loud. Um, you know, uh, we got our own problems with that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, apparently that was, a, that was an issue a little while ago. Hmm. There we go. Well, there we go. So how would you fix Luann? Oh, I don't think you can fix it. I think if you decide, you're, I think if you're gonna, I think if you decide you're going to do an ensemble strip, then you you are kind of stuck with an ensemble, mm. you know. 
It's just, it's just interesting, because if you read the older ones, it really is focused on her. Yeah, it's, it's mostly gags, though. It's, it, is ga- it's, it is mostly gags, but it's mostly like the gags of an incredibly... I wouldn't want to call her that she's self-centered, but it's very much about her. Yeah, I mean, and like her, the one that experiences I remember is and things, yeah. she's uh, on the beach, she's like, everyone's looking at her, and she's feeling really good, and then yeah. she falls in a hole. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a Luann strip from back then. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're basically the same now, it's just drawn differently. It's not much different. She's still she's still falling in holes, you know. There's it's just uh, she's still falling falling in holes, you know. So it's it's um yeah. Okay, so there have been let's see now eight celebrity cameos in Luann in Luann really real life uh, characters and people could recognize them. Oh well, I don't know how well they're drawn, okay. but they say their names out loud. <laughs> That's helpful. So, uh, so okay, I'm going to try and lead you towards guessing. All right, all right. Uh, oh, uh, one of them's quite wealthy. Quite wealthy. Quite wealthy. Okay. There, there's one. So see if you can guess that one. He's quite wealthy. Quite wealthy. Was Bill Gates a yeah, guest? Yeah, that's okay. right. Bill Gates was was one of them. <laughs> uh, one sadly uh, was a, a teen heartthrob who uh, recently passed away. Oh, a teen heartthrob that recently passed away. Bob he, Saget was he, a guest. Of the- no, he was not. <laughs> No, not that recently, but but oh, in the okay. last uh, uh, couple of years, he's uh, okay. passed away. He was he was a teen heartthrob on kind of a teen soap opera series. He wasn't a teen at the time, um, and uh, was recently in a other, another teen uh, heartthrob. Oh, okay, I, I know who who you're talking about. Luke Perry That's was right. a yeah. guest. Okay, um, a, a, a a sexy uh, a, 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 oh he's sexy. This guy uh, sings a sexy song. Oh, a sexy song about going crazy. As Prince was a guest? No, no, not Prince. Oh, no, thinking, let's saying, go crazy. Well, a, you said it's a Spanish. Uh, he was a little Spanish. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the thing, thing the, about the, living the, a crazy life. La Vida Loca? Loca? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Ricky so that Martin. was uh, Ricky Martin. Right yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, comedian. Famous comedian. Famous comedian. Bill Fam- Cosby, of course. Bill, he would, <laughs> that's right. He taught welcome. them all a lesson about... Um, <laughs> uh, famous comedian. Um... Let me think here. Jerry Seinfeld came by. Uh, about that era, about oh. that level of fame. Oh. And someone you used to like a lot more than, than you liked later, probably. But you used to really like this comedian. Really? Yeah. And they're really well-known. Really well-known. <laughs> really well-known. I'd say one of the most famous comedians like that there is, period. Really? Yeah. Steve Martin. Steve Martin is a very famous comedian. But that is, not- that <laughs> is absolutely correct. <laughs> And and the, and this comedian has a, a similar hobby to Jerry Seinfeld. Both of them enjoy uh, collecting the same thing. Oh, Jay Leno was that's a guest correct. Yeah, that. absolutely. Thank you. Okay, um, uh, politician. I hope you're all doing better than me at home. But Polit- don't don't. There's no pressure on you guys. So that's no nope, no pressure. So no a politician pressure. was Al Gore was a uh, Al Gore. You say yeah. Well, Al Gore, no, not at all. Oh, not not at all. Uh, a beloved politician. Oh, a beloved politician. But it's the kind of po- it's the politician you would think would be in Luan. Like if they would uh, they go, look, it's oh, and they'd all be so happy that this politician would be there. So happy as oh wow wow, ah, you know that that person. Huh? Should they be feeling this way about this politician? Though? I th- you know, more so about their wife, maybe. Uh, even their wife would be more. Whoa, look who's here, and it's not Clinton. Whoa, look who's here. Oh, I don't... uh, Obama? Yes, Hmm. absolutely. Uh, uh, An Oscar-winning 
a multiple Oscar winning oh. actor. Okay. Writer. Director. Oh, boy. Well, I didn't know Woody Allen was... Uh... Yep, there you go. It's... No. <laughs> no. So the writing credit people, there's rumor that maybe he wasn't... Maybe they didn't write the thing, but maybe he did. But probably he did. But, you know... Oh, the, not Woody Allen. You're talking about this other... The real yeah. the person that was really... Um, a writer? Wrote it with someone else that's famous. Got Collected the writing Oscar with someone else that's famous. Who they've worked uh, together a lot. Uh, and then uh, recently, yeah, got uh, a couple of years ago, well, won the Oscar for Best Picture, and uh, I think a directing Oscar as well, I believe. Oh boy, I'm multiple. It was also a, kind of a, a heartthrob, uh, and still to a degree. Their romantic life is still of note that people will discuss. <laughs> okay, uh, a bit we, of a resurgence. We talking about Ben Affleck? We are talking about Ben Affleck. Oh. Um, uh, a, a reality music star. A reality music star. Yeah. Uh, a, a music star that became famous on a reality uh, show. Okay, like uh, like American Idol, one yeah, of those sort of things? that's where... Was it Troy Aiken? It was... Well, you're close. Oh, okay. Clay Aiken. Oh, Clay have. Aiken, sorry. And finally, <laughs> this guy loves to fuck. Oh. Man, does he love sex. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> you can't get enough of it. So much. Oh, boy, does he love it. He loves sex. He's got a place where people have sex. He has yes, sex. He sure. talks about sex. Oh, boy. Oh, so much sex. Hugh Hefner was yeah, in Hugh the... Hugh Hefner was in the Luan. He's getting, he's getting uh, raked over the coals right now, as far as I can... In Luan? Not in Luan, but in the newspaper. More Bef- in Marmaduke. Before Marmaduke really Marmaduke took a hard really anti-Hefner stance. <laughs> they did not, they, he went and peed in the grotto. <laughs> Famous strip. Do you think, by the way, sorry, do you think the grotto still exists? Like, I know they sold the uh, the mansion. Do you think they just, like, went, let's tear down the grotto, and let's just make it our own place? They had to. They had to get rid of the smells. Ooh. <laughs> we'll never get the James Caan out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I mean, I guess it depends on why the buyer bought it. If they bought it because they wanted, want to own the Playboy Mansion, then you keep the grotto. But if they bought it... Because it's prime real estate in the middle of uh, Los Angeles, then you do whatever you want with it and turn that into a basketball court. Yeah. I don't know who bought it, though. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. You're looking it up now? I am, yeah. Well, he's getting raked over the coals right now because... Oh, yeah, the, the exterior oh. remains intact. The exterior, but the in- interior... The exterior uh, has to be stripped and undergo a total restoration. Mm. Yeah, uh, but the exterior uh, looks uh, as, it, as it does. It has. Maybe it was a little rundown. Yeah, it's weird they wouldn't have taken care of it. it seemed... Too busy having sex. Yep, a lot of sex. <laughs> these these this uh, banister's loose. Sorry, I'm too busy fucking. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, Gay and Wilson, pick up that towel. <laughs> Gay and Wilson's not picking up the towel. Gay and tell Jules Pfeiffer to clean up that wine stain. Pfeiffer, fight, Pfeiffer. Ah, oh, Pfeiffer. Do you think they were? Do you think they went to the L.A. one? I think that I know they. I'm sure they went to the Chicago, the old Chicago Playboy Mansion. Boy, I did not know there was two. That's where the that's where the magazine started was in Chicago, and that's where the. the so he's got two mansions. Where well, did Hef well, live? Well, I, he, I'm, I'm, he probably sold the one in Chicago when he moved to L.A. To, oh, okay. So it's not okay. Very good. So I, there, so okay. When I was invited to the Playboy Mansion and didn't yeah, go, yeah, um, uh, it was there was only one mansion. 
I wasn't like being invited to like the B level mansion, and there was like um, another mansion somewhere else. I've often said like, "Oh, that was crazy for you not to go," but I, you were you were right. <laughs> you were right. I mean, I mean, like I don't. When I say you're crazy, I don't mean like, man, you missed on your chance to have a bunch of wild sex. Like that's not what I think about it. No, no, I wouldn't. No, I would have been looking at the comics. Uh, I was I, like, can I look? You got any old uh, original art? I'm checking that stuff out. Yeah, that or you'd, you'd go there and then just like to see it, but but yeah, to be honest with you, like that's like what a half it was an hour. A, it was it's a, a good s- half an hour. Then you want to want to go? Yeah, I, w- I was with someone else who uh, you know, and it would have been like kind of a semi date situation to be going with the people we've been going with. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of the. This sounds weird now, <laughs> but it was uh, the basic story is uh, me and my friend uh, who was a semi celebrity. Uh, went to a comic store and there was a signing there by the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and we uh, hit it others, off. Other semi celebrities, yeah, and they uh, and uh, we we hit it off, and they were talking about how their dates had bailed on uh, on a party at the Playboy Mansion that night. Okay, did we want to go? Man, and both of us were in relationships. Yeah, and both of us were like, uh, uh, oh, we wish we could. <laughs> and let me just say, we wish we could. <laughs> Um, but no, no, uh, we can't. Mm. So, um, so this, yeah. So I've been dining out on that story. Yeah. That's a good story to dine out on. And then later on, of course, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling TV show shows up Mm. and my thing is like, okay, so the parallel (laughs) character to the person that asked me out was Mel Rose. That was the parallel. Okay. Okay. Mel Rose, like Mel Rose place. Sure. Get it. And also, I'm friends now with someone named Melanie Rose, coincidentally. Mm. It's just completely coincidentally. Also named after Melrose Place. Sure, why not? Everyone everyone loved Melrose Place. It seems like the Playboy Manor was a bit of a cult. A bit of like a like like cultic cultish. Mm-hmm. Like the girls were carefully handled like they were cult <laughs> members. That's that's disappointing to hear. Yeah. I think so too. I was reading in the paper they've been I guess there's been some speaking out about their experiences there recently. Good, and it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like it was great. It feels like a lot of manipulation, and you know what I mean. Like you get this like presented with this idea, which it, it, it seemed creepy to me anyway. All that stuff seems so yeah. It's like it's, it's weird how over time uh, uh, Hugh Hefner seems worse and Larry Flint seems better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Like, it's weird. Like I'm not mm. saying. Larry Flint is someone you wanted to be like hanging out with, no. but when you hear like, well, there was some. I mean, again, the the civil rights work that they did and the the, the and that kind of stuff also benefited themselves. Yeah. So let's uh, let's throw that out there. And I'm not saying no <laughs> one's wearing the whitest of hats. And if the hat is white, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And try and get Jules Pfeiffer to give that a wash. <laughs> Jules, can you can you wash the hat? No. How about you, Doug? Doug? Doug Snade? No. Who else was great in Dadini? Oh, so good. There were some great cartoonists in Playboy. Sure. The, prob- the problem. Hey, there's no, there's no denying there were some great cartoonists. Yeah. Here's the problem when you're def- defending one against the other. It's like it's like Hustler. I'm not is, defending Hustler anyone. is like a garbage can. Yeah. It's a complete garbage can. It's a gynecological yeah. textbook. Sure. And a garbage can. Playboy is like one of the great, most beautifully produced magazines ever made. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about the pictures in it, which are also great. Yeah. But just... Though, of course, you, we live in a world now where Hustler is nothing. 
Oh, nothing. I, uh, nothing yeah. compared to like one click away from the Sneaky Dragon website. <laughs> you know, it's like it's something, you know, way yeah. worse. And that's one of the yeah. milder things. Don't go to Silky Dragon. So our don't don't look up things on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> so yeah. And again, it's not it's not defense of, it's just that's weird how, you know, uh it was the cool thing. Like mm-hmm. it's Playboy after dark. It's let's go up to the penthouse and there's Hef and he's <laughs> there's some jazz going on in the background. Yeah. Everyone's having a little dance and we're gonna discuss the social issues of the day. Mm-hmm. And you just couldn't picture Larry Flint there going, How are you guys doing? <laughs> there's an orgy in the uh, in the attic. <laughs> yep. Just push us push the bird cages away. Yes. Yeah, it was just different different ideas of good taste i suppose but yeah and things and things you know later on do get exposed and they get and they should and good and yeah please if you've got a story it's your story and you should be able to speak out about that and, yeah you know and if it uh ruins someone's illusion of what it was it's yeah then that's that then it was a weak thing and it uh, <laughs> you know it, it, yeah. it couldn't stand the wind you know <laughs> The wind of reality. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that when Hefner started the magazine, I mean, he obviously started it with the best of intentions for himself, which was to make a lot of money, you know, with this new thing. But he, he also seemed to have, like, there was a thing like the Playboy philosophy, mm-hmm. which he would regularly write about in the magazine, this idea of this sort of very cosmopolitan man. Of course, it was a man. That's the biggest problem with Playboy, I guess, is that it's, it's about Even men. Even though it was edited by women later on, but they were usually related to him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just kept going. Well, I mean, it's it's not hard to push a philosophy that's like, you should have more stuff. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of sex. <laughs> I don't think it's really... Wait a, a second. Tell me more about your philosophy. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not really a philosophy, really. Yeah. It's more of just like a... It's more like an excuse to, to have, you know, a hi-fi stereo in a, in a sports car. Yeah, he was, he was more inclusive than a lot of uh, other, you know, organizations at the time. And so that's a positive and, and there you go. But then again, mm-hmm. you've, you know, if, if I'm uh, arguing against myself, I'd go, <laughs> but it also, you know, it, it's weird because you get to those times and go like, the times were a changing. So either you get on board with that or you get held back. And if mm-hmm. you're the kind of person that wants to be seen as, you know, with the times and with it, which is that magazine was then mm-hmm. you'd best you know get with it and yeah. that me- it means you know trying to fight bigotry where you can and what have you but then of course you're going to have your own uh issues won't you won't you have yeah you will uh <laughs> well but- especially i mean as, you know he's obviously a powerful person and that goes to your head and then bad things come about, i am you know? sure we're going to hear so much stuff about Lauren michaels at some point the second i think that uh he, he, he steps away from saturday night live is going to be just like, well, you know, because it's just, it's so weird that someone who was in show business for so long, yeah. with so much power, yeah. did so many movies, and, yeah. so, and knows all the rock stars in the world, yeah. and has partied with all of them, mm-hmm. and there's like, what's a bad story about Lorne Michaels? Can't think of one. Yeah, because he's Canadian. Oh, that might be it. He's too, he's too repressed. <laughs> really Maybe. <laughs> that, that, actually, that actually could be it. He's, people will be like, oh, man, he's the most passive-aggressive person you'll ever meet. Or maybe just you know, getting enough out of you know, the satisfaction of doing the stuff you know, and hanging out with these people and doesn't need to you know, uh, go the extra decadent route. I don't know. But it's just weird. It's weird that anybody in show business with that much power, mm-hmm. you know, uh, would uh, would it just seems clean as a whistle. It is weird, but it's it's also weird that no one has spoken out. Like, is he so powerful that he could like crush all opposition? But you would think then, like, 
Chevy Chase would say something, right? Like, you yeah, there's people who don't care. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But like, there's so many people. No, that, no, I mean, like someone like Chevy Chase has, doesn't care what Lauren Michaels could say or do or whatever to him. He just whatever. Right, you know? right. So, but nothing, nothing there. I mean, the the worst yeah. that you hear about him is uh, he makes people wait a long time for interviews and then he eats popcorn while he's talking to them. <laughs> I'm like okay, and does sometimes he he's it? very raw. Does he share it? I don't think he does. Oh, and then nice. he's very, you know, he can be like uh, slightly sarcastic. Like, oh, oh boy, my god! I'll tell you. Oh, is he Canadian? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's inter- It's interesting. Uh, it's just when when there's like no smoke for so long. Yeah. That it's just like wow. Hmm. You know, it, and and if so, great. Fantastic that, you know, you've been able to do whatever it is, like almost 50 years of a television mm-hmm. program. Yeah. Uh, and you, you know, we weren't a, screwing the interns and you weren't. Yeah. And a, and a show that had a history of like cocaine and, you oh, know. Oh, you don't. I would. I'm, I'm absolutely positively certain that he partook of that. Oh, sure, sure. But like that had that kind of history, you know, anything else that would have that kind of history, there would then be stories about like. And one time we all went out you know, mm-hmm. to the after party where boom, 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 <laughs> and like nothing. You've heard nothing from anybody. I wonder anybody. if that's why he stepped away from the show for a while. Well, it seemed, I mean, what did he, do? he did it for what was it, like five years? Mm-hmm. That's enough, right? Well, I think that, but I mean, he's done it for a lot longer since then. You know, oh, it, of course. Yeah, it yeah. could be that he thought, oh, well, there's lots of opportunity out there and then went out there and then he's like, I'm here for the opportunities and said, well, uh, a, t- a dinosaur TV special? And he's like... I guess I'll go back to Saturday Night Live. Uh, or but, what's the what's the bigger thrill? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the thrill of doing a live television I can, program. I can ban Elvis Costello from the from the, the air, airways. And then uh, and then we'll be friends again later on. And he'll, didn't he come back? Or he was on and he didn't come back onto the show until he did Spike. So that would have been like ninety four, I guess. Yeah. But then he came back. And, maybe a little and There you go. Maybe you know. Uh, maybe eight, maybe eighty nine ninety actually. I am. I'm listening to the Dana Carvey. Um, David Spade podcast, Fly on the Wall, and they talk about old Saturday Night Live stories and whatnot. That's all they do? For the most part, yeah. And the that's movies. All they, that's all they got going, I guess. A little bit, yeah. You know, but it's very... Remember Joe Dirt? Yeah, it's very oh. honest, and it's it's interesting. And they have really good guests like uh, Chris Rock and Tom Hanks and Tina Fey. Uh, and so it's like, oh, wow, well, all right. Uh, Conan O'Brien. So it's like, geez, it's been that's just a good. murderous row so far. <laughs> the but, interesting thing about David Spade, just sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but is, to me, is that... His whole, his whole thing, this his very snobbish kind of waspish character, you know, with his little stingy gossipy character, and yet he grew up in like a dirt poor in Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. Like, cause that's not what you when you think of David Spade. But then he did Joe Dirt. I know, but it that's like a, it's just like a he's insulting. <laughs> like it just feels weird. Like it is that's not who what you think of it. I would I always thought like oh he's some prep school kid. Well, my fi- who okay. washed up in. My feeling about that is he he does tell it was it was interesting because like there was a, a story Dana Carvey was telling and asked if David Spade remembered it and he went oh, remember it I think about it every day <laughs> which was uh, Dana Carvey was playing uh, Ross Perot and George Bush Senior in a mm-hmm. sketch yeah and so David Spade was uh, in the long shot dressed as as Ross Perot and then when it was close up it yeah. was David Spade. But it was, uh, sorry, sorry, it was, sorry, it was uh, David, David Carvey. Carvey. Yeah, uh, but uh, but Spade thought that he was playing Perot, and then you know got in the full makeup and went out and you know for dress rehearsal and what have you, and then was told, nope, okay, great, nope, just nope, it's it's Dana. What? It's like yeah, so Dana was doing both parts. Yeah, it's like even if you know 
you're not even worth this. You just stand here and you're just a body. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, you are. Yeah. And yeah, it, was, it really hurt him to, you know, the, this guy was doing like two parts in there and he's just like, <laughs> you know, this extra thing. Yeah. So my feeling on, on, on that character that he came up with was he really was the low man at the show. Like mm-hmm. he was the lowest guy. Yeah. So the angle to take of like, I'm the smuggest guy. Yeah. And I think I'm better than all of you. Uh, it's an interesting one to take. Yeah. And it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, uh, play, play the opposite, play the beat. And it seems to have worked for him. Mm-hmm. You know, for uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but uh, they, they do talk about how there's no other show like it. There's no other experience like it. There's no other high like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, it takes everything from you and then it drops you down and you're exhausted. <laughs> and then you can't wait to do it again. Yeah. And when you when, when you've stop doing the show, it's very difficult. Because there's nothing else that will ever be that difficult again for you to do. So I would assume maybe for Lauren Michaels, when am I ever going to work? Yeah. You know, in a thing where like, oh, I'm calling the Rolling Stones up this week. <laughs> you know, I'm calling this band up. Yeah, I'm yeah. calling this band up. I'm calling this I'm sh- star up. I'm sure he doesn't call them, but yeah. yeah. Well, someone else does, yes. yes. But Mr. Know, Michaels is calling He had every one of the Beatles' uh, phone numbers, let's say. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And so, you know. It well, was he not- offered them $5,000 to reform. I know that's such a great story with uh, such a great story. with uh, John uh, Lennon and, and Paul McCartney watching the show at the time mm-hmm. and going, "Do you want to just go down there now?" <laughs> oh my God! Could you just imagine if? Oh my God! That it didn't happen. It's so annoying, but it's such a great story. Um, I was going to say something, and now I can't remember what I was going to say. It's fine. Oh, yeah, something. I think you maybe mentioned it. Something that Norm. I was listening to an interview with Norm Macdonald on the uh, that show with that guy. Okay, if it was recent, it wasn't him. No, it was a re- repeat of an okay, interview that's, then on uh, Mark Maron's show. I really apologize, by the way, for eating these candies. <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed to. Uh, Mark Maron's podcast. And, and on there, Norm MacDonald said the Sunday Live was the only place left where you could fail. Mm-hmm. You know, that it was dangerous to do because you had their possibility was that you could fail. Mm-hmm. In a, in, you and, can bomb. And he was kind of tying it into when he did that uh, Bob Saget roast, which he didn't want to do. But Bob Saget insisted that he do it, so he just went with an old joke book and basically said all these old jokes, <laughs> which are all terrible groaners. And uh, and Mark Maron says, but everyone laughed. And he said, and Norm said, no, no one laughed. Like, people started to eventually laugh because it was so terrible. But he said, it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was bombing the whole time I was doing it. But I was enjoying that, too. Like, I was enjoying the fact that it was bombing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked his attitude about bombing, which was, uh, he, he said, like, you know, if a comedian's on stage and he's uh, getting laughs, that's good. That's funny. Yeah. But a comedian's supposed to get laughs. Yeah. So if a comedian's on stage and he's not getting laughs, that's funny. <laughs> so you can enjoy that as well. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's a good attitude. Well, yes. But I think he, yeah, he reached a, he reached a point in his life where he literally could not give a shit, so... I don't know. He seems like one of those guys who borders between not give a shit and yeah. is so sensitive about so mm, many things. Okay. He's the kind of guy that really would care about things he would not think he would care about. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I agree with you there. I just think that he like kind of... Cr- like crying on uh, his last appearance on Letterman. Yeah. You wouldn't expect that. Yeah, But yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, this really means a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very sweet. Well, David really Letterman was his inspiration to become a, a stand-up comic, so... Mm-hmm. You know, got to see, saw him in some somewhere doing some joke, and he repeats the joke. Some about David Letterman talking about how uh, he was uh, 
driving behind a garbage truck and it had a sticker on the back that said, do not follow. <laughs> and he said, so terrible. Everything's changing these days. Remember when dad and mom and the kids would drive around <laughs> following a garbage truck? <laughs> and he thought it was a great joke because it was just so simple. This is a little simple observation. And he said, oh, I, I could do that. I could do that. So that's, uh, yeah. That was an I've, interesting interview, actually. Uh, two things. One, I always love when someone's on, uh, on Mark Maron's podcast and asks if they can swear. <laughs> and it's like, the show's called What the Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you can. I also love that, again, Obama went on a show called What the Fuck. That's, <laughs> uh, that's also really, really great. Yeah. Um, have you um, uh, looked at the new uh, Letterman uh, YouTube page? No, I didn't know there's such a thing. Yeah, it was just the fortieth anniversary of of Late Night with David Letterman. Okay, uh, two nights ago. And so All right. they on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. They had Letterman on. It was a really good episode. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, they announced that uh, there's a YouTube page that has like some best of clips from uh, from Late Night, and I think the Leech Show as well. Yeah, if, if you can avoid complimenting David Letterman, I think you can get a better interview out of him. Yeah. Because he, he tends to turtle when he gets complimented. Yeah, no, he was having a good time just because, like, he, he enjoyed, like, the live music. He mm. enjoyed, he just, it was just a good energy. To yeah, things. yeah, Like, he, yeah. Was, he was definitely enjoying himself, but he couldn't, yeah, watch the clips or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there yeah. Was no. No, there's no way he could do that. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. He came out and they, had, they did a segment called Jokes Seth Can't Tell. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, that's, Amber. That's a, that's a fun. Uh, yeah. And segment. it's like, uh, the, the, it, for people who know what it is, uh, there's Amber Ruffin and Jenny, Jenny, I want to say Slate. Maybe that's wrong. Uh, I think that's any, right. Yeah. But, uh, Jenny, yeah. And so, uh, you know, the deal is, uh, she's black, he, she's gay, and we're both women, and he's not. So here's some jokes you can't tell. And so, yeah, it's always, it's always a, a fun thing, and it went really well. I always well. like at the end when they, they taunt him into doing a joke or yeah. he's been doing a joke, then he does it and they get mad at him. And, <laughs> yeah. You can't trust. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, lesbians and black women are liars. <laughs> That's right. And then they all end up smiling with their little pose, <laughs> like leaning on their fists. Yeah. It's, it's, it's adorable. But then Letterman comes out and it's just like, that was so great. That was so great. Oh my God. They were both so great. You know, if I had them, I would still be on the air. And, and you know, and it was such a sweet thing. And then yeah, I kind of wanted them to go like, well, should have hired women. That's, that's classic mistake. It is a classic, classic mistake. Classic is, you mistake. Know. It became a boys club, which is, yeah. which is a terrible thing to happen. Yeah. It's, to lose, to lose a perspective, you know, particularly because they all would have been straight guys and all white probably too all harvard graduates yeah all saying that it was a meritocracy it's <laughs> right well we earned we're, we're just we're just we're just getting the best people yeah we're getting the best people that we his, know personally his, at, in the men's washroom <laughs> his dad was a college. doctor got him to harvard of course he's uh, you know he merits this he went to harvard yeah where'd you go to podunk yeah they were uh, one thing that was uh, fun they were talking about was uh how Letterman would have liked, uh, the one thing he would have liked about the pandemic was the time that all the hosts were doing the show from home. Mm. And, it was like, and, and Seth was saying, like, I think you would have enjoyed that. And he was like, yeah, that would have been great. Because <laughs> he just had to just say, what am I going to do? Wake up the family? Yes, I have to. Let's go wake up the family. <laughs> yeah, just so, so weird and stripped down. Mm. And something that uh, Seth said that he learned from um, uh, doing the shows at home was, People would watch the shows regularly so he could do a joke uh, on Monday, set up a joke that would pay off on Thursday yeah. and just build things up. And and the initial idea is yeah. like, no, every show is its own thing and you got to just – nope. 
little something there, a little something there. And that mm-hmm. was something Letterman would do too, is he would like just set up something weird, you know, at the beginning of the week or, you know, that would go for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, giant calendar on a building <laughs> that was like uh, Phil Donahue's coming, you know, and, and then at the end of it all, just knock the building down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that wasn't something you would see on like a Carson or whatever. Carson, he chose its own thing. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be a joke on Monday that it would pay yeah. off like later on. Well, it this, this obviously made for a different audience, a much straighter audience of people laying in bed ready to go to sleep when uh, the show ended. Turn it yeah. off. It was interesting him talking about how they really didn't think it was going to succeed because they had thought that the morning show that they were, they did was going to succeed. Okay. And that lasted eight weeks. See, that feels weird. It feels like... It feels like you would do that show because you had the opportunity to do it. You couldn't say no to an opportunity like that. But at the same time, you'd be like, it's, it's going to be such a fluke if it succeeds because it feels like it's a wrong time. Well, I like, I like how There's he no just, frat boys awake at this time. Well, I don't think he thought it was frat boys. I think mm. what, what he was saying, and again, I'm paraphrasing, was you have this feeling that all, uh, the viewing, all of America is just waiting for you to arrive. And once you get on TV, <laughs> it's all going to be smooth sailing from there. Wow. And that's what you just assumed. You just thought like, well, this show's funny. Yeah. So we're just going to put our funny show in the air. And clearly people will like it. And here we go. And so they did it. And then we're told, no, we don't <laughs> like it at all. Oh, but it's what we are. Yeah, we don't like you. We don't like any part of you. Like, oh, damn. All right, now you want to do the same thing late at night? Huh? Yes. And much like Conan... Uh, they were like renewed in very short increments, like uh, okay. eight-week increments and shorter. Yeah. And they never felt secure until way later on. And I always thought like when Conan was talking about that, well, Letterman never had to go. Th- well, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was never a done deal by any means. You just retroactively look back and go, of course, of course yeah, this yeah. show is going to be a huge success. Yeah. How was it not going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, once again, I had a thought and now my, my brain is gone. So I was going to say something about something, but I can't remember what it was. So don't worry, okay. everyone. It's fine. It's all good. I liked last week when we were um, when I was testing my brain, <laughs> make sure you know things were fine from my old concussion. Yeah, uh, and so we were like doing the movie thing, and it was like I couldn't think of one damn thing. I was like, <laughs> oh boy, this is the scene in the movie where it's the red flag. I think I'm I think I'm a little tired this week just because we've been we're super super busy at work right now. Like this is crazily busy. Yeah crazy busy now do you have supplies now and stuff like how's the supply chain yeah we have more than we need of supplies right now it's just oh, like really? okay. trailer after trailer like we had two trailers can't come the same day oh wow this week so that was just like a pile of stuff to go through and and deal with and then we may have another one tomorrow if we don't have one tomorrow then we're gonna have two on monday okay and do you have the trucks to get stuff out at the end of that as well well we we um, or if you can't if you can't tell us your business it's, no no it's, it's fine it's fine no no i mean most it's, it either goes two ways it, people come and pick them up themselves like installers come from the other companies and pick them up themselves or we we ship them out like we wrap we wrap them and ship them out to customers who are too far away to come in on on their own okay there is a there's another distribution center in in Kelowna but they only deal with that area so we deal with every everywhere else in 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 BC. Okay. So the island and then the interior areas, we, that's where we ship to, and then the lower mainland. And so yeah, it's just it's just crazy busy right now. And then we have inventory coming up at the end of the month, end of February. What does that mean? What do you have to do for inventory? Discount everything that okay. we have, but which we don't have a lot of stock right now. But we have a lot of stock coming in, and so we have this like big you know issue of like having to integrate all the stuff that's coming in plus. 
we have all these orders that we have also are there and they have to be excluded from the count and so we have to go through and exclude all that stuff and it's just a real that's a lot of fun so i'm going to be doing a lot of overtime for this i think okay it's crazy and then last it's funny when i was listening to that norm mcdonald interview i was uh working on the bathroom because i decided that i didn't like the fact that the old lazy plumbers who had originally done the plumbing had put the pipes up through the floor of the bathroom right your ba- your bathroom for those people who don't remember was yeah. designed by a madman <laughs> things know, couldn't just... be removed it was it was uh, the doors could not or not as big as the it, it was a tardis it was ridiculous <laughs> that was yeah. well that was the old bathroom this is this is one that just was you know came to the house but it just okay i think it was just done like as cheaply and as quickly as possible okay. and all the all the homes in the area i'm sure meant very much the same so I decided that I was going to move the plumbing. I should have done this before we poured the, the leveler, but hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. So I decided, first I thought, oh, I can do it from underneath. I, okay. I can access it from the basement. And I could see like the pipes and everything. So I kind of planned it out. And then I was feeling down there to feel where. And then I realized, oh, this one has a T, T, like a T intersection. So the pipe carries on. Right. It doesn't just go up into the bathroom. It goes up into the bathroom, but it also keeps going. Oh. Because the pipe had the pipe had a couple of T's. Okay, so it had one right. for the toilet and it had one for the for the, the cold water. Okay. And so and then I realized I'd have to cut into the floor. So I got a, like a masonry uh, wheel for my for my grinder, my angle grinder. And so I just cut out a square with the angle grinder in the floor and then I used a skill saw and cut through the wood. And or a circular saw, whatever you want to call it. And so then I was able to take that out. The good thing is, the way it came out, I can put it back in. Yeah. I can just kind of put it back in place and just glue it down and then caulk it. And then it'll be, I mean, it's going to be covered with tiles, so no one will ever know anyway. But I can just make it so that it's fine. So I, I took that apart. And then I spent I spent the day going up and down the stairs. Because I would go downstairs, do a bit of work down there, you know, maybe cut the old the original copper pipes. Well, that's the other thing that happened. I went to turn off the water. I was going to do it the weekend before. Yeah. But I went to turn off the water and it wouldn't shut off. Shit. So then I oh, realized. Oh, that's a nightmare. That's, so I realized that the main water shutoff had failed. Because it's old. It's an old house. Right. That's not. Okay. Well, and as as annoying as that is, it's better to learn it this way. Yeah, that's right. Then if the pipes had burst and then we couldn't turn them off. Yeah. That'd be terrible. So I called a plumber. I decided I didn't want to do it because it involves... Uh, the way it sounded, I would have to get the city to come out and turn off the water right. and turn it back on again. Um, they have like a special key. It's called the key. It's just like a long rod with a with a U-shaped metal bracket on the end that you turn a little thing inside the inside the ground. But and I just thought, well, it's gonna be too complicated because I I have to work. So they would probably wouldn't want to come on the weekend. So I'd have to do it on a mm. Friday, and then it would be. I just didn't want to miss work and stuff. So I just thought, well, I'll just get a plumber to come out and do this. So I got a plumber to come. He came on Friday. He put in a new, uh, a much better, um, whatever you want to call it, valve there or whatever. Sure. Uh, the original one was like a, kind of like a tap that you turn. And the new one is one of those kind of lever ones that have like a ball inside that okay. has a hole through it. So when you turn it one way, the ball is blocking the, the water. Or if you turn it the other way, the water goes through the hole. Oh, nice. Okay. It. He said, this will last you about 40 years. And I said, longer than I need. And so, um, or maybe cut, not. Cut to 40 years from now. Yeah, that's right. Then. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, my God. And so I got to call the plumber. 
So, uh, and then he also... It's still me! Oh my gosh, what happened to you? I discovered the secret <laughs> to immortality. But enough of that. I'm here to fix your ball. <laughs> so, it sounds like he's really old, so his immortality is not working. I so found quick. out about it late in life. <laughs> okay. Oh. Sorry. Sorry to hear that. Um, so then... But, uh, way, thanks for the compliment about finding immortality. I was going to share it with you too, but no. Oh, hey, oldie. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you sound old? <laughs> You're at least my age. <laughs> I've always had a youthful voice. Oh, that's nice. Do you yeah, still do that podcast? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. By that's myself good. now. Oh, wait, why? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go into that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the fella that won the multiple lotteries. That's <laughs> right, he moved on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, episode 706 Please don't kill me in your scenario <laughs> Episode 706 Fuck you Dave um, So <laughs> So then uh, He changed out that, that uh, Whatever And yeah. then he also changed There's like a, a limiter that limits how much water Is flowing into your house Okay. And he said that ours had most likely failed They last about 10 years and ours was probably 30 years old So so he changed that, and he was right. It has changed the water pressure in the house. Because he said, we're probably just on city pressure, which is not really good for your pipes, because it's... Why is that? Because there's a lot of pressure coming in, and, okay. and so your pipes will are taking a lot of uh, abuse from all this water. So, um, yeah, he, he changed that out. pressure, dum-da-da-dum-dum. It's dumb to have it, dum-dum-da-dum-dum. <laughs> so, um, I'm taking that... Uh, I'm taking that... Uh, Dum 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 dum. So sort of hurt now. <laughs> so so yeah. So then the the next day I was like I was so in, I was so wanting to do this that like the next on Saturday I was like okay I'm doing this. If anyone's wondering why Sneaky Dragon was really late last weekend, that's this is why. And uh, so it was about eleven o'clock. I went to the gym in the morning and then I got home and it was eleven o'clock. And I'm like I'm doing this. This is gonna take me an hour. <laughs> this is gonna take me an hour. I said to myself, "Oh, the lies we tell." And so then I uh, started working on this thing. And like I say, I had to work from so almost right away. My hour was blown because I had to like cut cut into the floor of the bathroom upstairs. Right. But then I had to go to the hardware store and get a masonry wheel for my grinder. And when I came back home again, and also had to pick up the little. Um, there's like a crimper for the pecs. Okay. So I wasn't going to use copper. Do you enjoy going to the hardware store? Apparently I do. Okay. The amount of times I show up. All right. Hi, everyone. I actually do enjoy going yeah, to the store. Yeah, I was just wondering. Store. It sounds like, you know, I mean, you're saying I have to go. Yeah. But, you know, if it's, uh, I just wonder if it was fun for you. Yeah, yeah, no. I really, I really do like, they're really nice. So, yeah. Yeah. And one of his friends works there. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he used to work at uh, Safeway with her and now he works, at, now that Safeway's gone, now he works at the local hardware store. And so, um, yeah, so I went in and got the few things I needed, came back home, and then it was, uh, you know, grinding and filling the... I had the vacuum, and I was trying to, like, vacuum the dust as I was doing it, but it wasn't very very effective, apparently, because I picked up my tablet later on, and it was just like, a, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like I was Indiana Jones was discovering it at some point. Uh, and so then, um, you know, so I was cutting the, you know, I was using my little... Oh, and that's the other reason I had to cut out the floors, because I was cutting like really distant and I had my arms stretched out and I was cutting the pipe with a, this little okay. pipe cutter and then it fell out of my hand and fell down into the duct. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh shoot. Well, I guess I can go buy a new one or cut through the floor which I have to do anyway. So, um, And then I dropped it later and it fell down behind the furnace. <laughs> but anyway, so then, uh, so yeah, it was just, 
I was just, I, so yeah, like I say, I was working downstairs, I was working upstairs. And the problem with that is, of course, is you go upstairs and you're like, oh shit, I left the cutter downstairs. So you have to go back downstairs, grab that, go back upstairs, cut, cut, cut. And then you, you know, cut a bit more and then you're like, oh, I left all the peck stuff downstairs. Oh, so go downstairs, <laughs> grab that, bring that back upstairs, do a little bit of this and that. And then you go downstairs to, to look at something and then you're like, oh, I left everything upstairs. So then you gotta go back upstairs. And so, um. Sounds like a great exercise plan. Mm. It's just the forgetful exercise plan. What was so great it was at the end of the day, I get this message from Fitbit. And it's like, you get the lighthouse badge. I'm like, oh, what's the lighthouse badge? You uh, walked up this down this 50 flights of stairs. I'm like, oh, that's true, I guess. My disorganization has paid off. So it, I did get, so I had some like reverses. We're going to give you a free Edison Lighthouse song. <laughs> Love grows where my yeah. way. As so, we established last week, <laughs> they're only hit. So then, um, I uh, yeah, I had some little, few little problems. Like I had, I had cut the pipe. I had soldered in some um, these little kind of uh, what, I don't know what you call it, like transition pieces. Okay, it's from the copper to the pex. So it has a little like little kind of ridged protrusion that they push the pex onto, and then you crimp a ring over that. Oh, cool! And then it, it's really quite reliable stuff. The problem was is it was too narrow in there to crimp. Like I couldn't get the crimper in there open to actually crimp the ring. So I had to cut that off and go back to the hardware store. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and get a... Dave! Get this thing called the Shark Bite Coupler, which is like... It's not really a shark, okay. despite its name. But it has a bunch of teeth in it. And so when you connect them together, it connects them, and then they won't come apart. Ah, but right. you don't have to like solder it or crimp it or anything like that. You just push them together, and then they work. And I don't, I don't trust them entirely. I only used one because I'm kind of suspicious of them. But, but anyway, people use them, so it's there now, and it seems fine. And so I did it all. I got everything all done. Everything's up in the wall. Yep. Everything's good. I got Lisa to turn on the water. It's like seven o'clock. No, what am I? Seven o'clock. I'm lying. It was coming up six o'clock. Okay. Because that's when the hardware store closed, and I wanted to get the crimper back before the end of the day. And so I crimp, 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 and then. I'm like, turn on the water. So she, I said, turn on slowly. She turned on slowly. Halfway. We checked all everything. Looked good. I said, turn all the way. Turned it all the way up. Everything looked great. Perfect. Awesome. And I'm, I'm taking these back to the hardware store. Zoomed over there. Got there at 10 to, 10 to 6. Gave them to them. Came back home. Walk in the house. Walk down, walk downstairs. There's a drip coming from oh. the Like, oh, shoot. I must have not done it because it was kind of awkward to, to crimp yeah. it. So I oh, thought no. I didn't get the complete thing. So then we had to spend the night turning the the water off and on from our brand new, uh, brand new, um, what do you call those things anyway? You guys know what I'm talking about. Our brand new thingy, brand new. Yeah, the thingy. You know, you guys know. The 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 water shut off. Kept having to turn it off and on so that the drip wouldn't keep going all all the time. It was just it was just going right to the. I just put a bucket underneath it so it was fine. But so then the next day after after church, after we had lunch with the girls, I came back home. I zipped over to the hardware store. Got their crimper again. And I feel guilty because you're renting it. And they have like the most antiquated system. They have to get out the one of those big old credit card things. And then put the slip in with your <laughs> credit card and then chunk, chunk over it. Oh, wow. And then write a bunch of information on it. So they had to do this so I could go to my house, go crimp, and then take it back again. So they went to, I felt, oh, I felt guilty. But anyway, so I went to do this. And I'm trying to line up the crimper onto this ring. And then the ring, the ring just slid right off of. Oh! And I realized oh, I didn't even crimp it. I must have missed it when I was rushing to get everything done. Luckily, it didn't come apart and yeah, send water yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere. So that was lucky. Although I was watching it, so it was fine. But 
but yeah, so it is pretty, obviously pretty good. Even when it's not crimped, it still works pretty well. So I crimped it and it's been fine ever since. So that's all done now. Cool. Congratulations. Next stage is uh, drywall. Let me ask you, uh, this is a dumb question. You, uh, Eve's friend who works at the hardware store. Yes. When uh, they see you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, do they say, uh, hi, Dave, or hi, Mr. Dedrick? I think he doesn't. I think he makes what we all do. When, hey, Mr. Dedrick. Hey, 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 Chief. Hi, hi there. Yeah. Like when I when I first started going with Lisa, yeah, I didn't know what to call her mom and dad, so I just didn't use any names at all. Breeders, <laughs> breeders, <laughs> that's right. Uh, future host to this particular parasite over here. <laughs> uh, so then, so for the longest time, I just didn't know what to call them. Right, right. So when Lisa and I got married, I'm still that way. I think with uh, oh, with is that right? Yeah. When we got, I guess I could I could call her Lena. I could. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It is. I didn't feel comfortable calling calling Lisa's mom Vi or whatever. So I called her mom. I decided calling her mom. Great. She didn't object. And so now, do you call fine. your mom mom? Yep. Is it the same word? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like ma or mom or something, you know. No, mom. A little variation. Yeah. Pop, pop. <laughs> no. So mom and dad. So then, uh, and so I do call Lisa's dad dad now. But when I first started, it was like, I couldn't even, I have to be like, I went and told him about... Oh man, this is awkward because I have to like yeah. describe what I what I said to Dad without saying Dad or without calling him Peter. But now I gotta. Uh, uh, e. Here, here's where that's weird. Uh, emails because mm. you got to put something up top, right? Hey there. Put, yeah, hi. So yeah, that's basically, it's it's easier when uh, I'm talking to my mother in law on Facebook because then it's like, well, we don't put names. Then you just you just like insult I don't her. I don't when I'm writing you on Facebook I don't go David. Yes, it's like no, we just <laughs> dear, assume dear. we've already had that intimacy of like you know yeah. this is a direct message between us and it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I can call her Lena, but uh, it's uh, it's odd. It's an odd, <laughs> it's an odd sensation. It feels too. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the person. And if obviously, if Lisa's dad, it's and I'd said dad, and he'd said, you, uh, you know, call me Peter. I don't want to be your dad. Then that would have been fine. That would have right. been heartbreakingly fine. But it would be fine. And then I would just call. Do him you know Peter. what's worse is uh, having a guy go, "You gotta call me dad." That's no good. Oh, is that right? That's, yeah, that was, that's, that's our that was our scenario, weird. which did not work out well for anybody. You kind of got to earn it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this wasn't my father-in-law. Though, boy, howdy, if he tried that. Woo! That would also have been an interesting thing. No, this is my uh, stepdad. Yeah. I was yeah. like, no, man. You got to earn just, it. You can't. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. like, yeah, it's like a military title, dude. You can't just be like mm-hmm. Captain Crunch. What did you do, Captain Crunch? What yeah. did you do in the war? Captain yeah, I never, Crunch did a lot in the war. I never called my uh, step-grandfather, Grandpa. I always called him by his name, his first name. And I think that's because I was introduced to him that way. And I do have trouble with that. I, I really don't like when people change their names partway through their life. Yeah. And suddenly they're no longer short name. Now they have to be their full name. I just find that because, you know, if that's what you wanted, do it when I first meet you then. Yeah. If this was your plan, you know, don't don't introduce yourself as this. It's and then weird, later on yeah. go, oh, you got to call me by my full name. You know, With the stepdad, it was definitely a power move. It was not even a power move as in like, you know, a, a dominance move. But it was... It was it was a it was a planned struck it was just planned chaos mm. you know that was that was known to cause trouble and division which sure. is what they wanted yeah you know but some people do it for a power move you know yeah, it's just like, yeah there's a lot there's a lot to it which is such a shame that you would like do that with the title of mom and dad which is like <laughs> such is there anything that's like you know more kind and and loving and whatever it's like no I'm gonna use this yeah for my yeah. own purposes if, okay fine. 
Yeah. I don't, but I don't understand. I don't understand parents who want to be called by their first name. I just feel that's weird too. Hmm. Like I would never want my daughters to call me David. Okay. I don't even like when I don't even like when my nephews call me David. Oh, really? What do you want to? I want to be Uncle David. Okay. Because that's this particular. That's who I am to them, and that's yeah. that's a different role than just being David. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. It's a different thing being dad. Dad is a special position. Yeah. You know, it's a special. It's a special name that only. They get to call you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I get it. I get you. And I, I could see if I was like uh, a tyrant who had alienated them and they didn't feel comfortable calling me dad, you know, then I guess they could call me David. Although I would, of course, if I was a tyrant, I would insist on being called dad. But I am a tyrant and I insist on being called dad. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean, there's a variety of reasons why you'd want to be called by your name instead of a title. You know, the title could have been tainted. By your own upbringing and what dad means mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. you know, and how it was used and what have you. And so it's just like, like, I can see whatever. Yeah. The important thing is, you know, the love, <laughs> not the, not the word, but no, that's true. You know, if it, if it means something to you, it means something to you and then uh, that's fine. Yeah. I, my, um, at my church, the pastor, his boys call him, call him by his first name. And I'm kind of like, oh, that's sad. But then. But then oh then I'm going, okay but he's he's married to a guy so there's two dudes so who's dad are they both dad then it gets kind of confusing so I can see why you would just decide mm-hmm. oh well let's just they could just call us by the first name that's well fine. it sounds like you got the answer dad and dude <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah but you want to be Excuse dad me? who's the dad and who's the dude yeah. that is the lingo you use right <laughs> that's the lingo they use how's that offensive. <laughs> What what's wrong with lingo? Yeah, what's wrong with lingo? What do you mean I keep using the G word on the show? <laughs> what what's happening? Okay, fine. I like my lingo. It's very smart. It's cunning lingo. Yeah, there you go. You'll find out. The word lingo it'll be on Wordle one day and you'll be like, Oh, I'm glad I know lingo. Oh, did you hear the terrible news about Wordle? Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, there's a there was a dirty version of of Wordle I was playing last night that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got that at least for free. But yeah, it's going to what? The New York Times or yeah, something they, like that? Yeah, they bought it for a couple million bucks. <laughs> okay. They're smart. I mean... Is, are they though? Super popular. Because... Why is it super popular? Because you can share it on... Yeah? on Because uh, you can share it. That's yeah. right. And because uh, it's free and because <laughs> everyone has access to it. Yeah. So what we're going to do is... Put it behind a paywall. Once the, once the bloom's <laughs> off this rose, here's what we're going to do because we're smart. We're going to put it behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it difficult to access. Yeah. Just when people are like, eh, that's enough of that. What else is new? Huh? Does that work out for everybody? But, I mean, they, they're successful with their crossword. And that's behind a paywall as well. Yeah. Either but you the pay... crossword... The crossword's been around for, what, like 100 years? Mm-hmm. You know I mean... Uh, but here's the other thing is like the technology, uh, for, 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 you know, uh, Wordle, eh, there's, there's, there's knockoff sites and stuff. Oh yeah. I'm sure things will pop up. Yeah. They have, they have had some doozy words. Do it with six letters. Yeah. They have had some doozy words though, which is nice that make you go like, oh, I feel pretty good that I got that one. I got in, I got in three yesterday. Speaking of your crimp, that was one of them (laughs) like last last weekend. And and it was interesting because I'd just been. Watching a little Mighty Boosh, and so I had crimp on the brain. Okay, okay. Is that something that they uh, do on that jump? I kind of resisted it for a while. I was like, oh, that's stupid. Everyone's it's so doing dumb, this stupid yeah. thing. And then I thought, what am I doing? This is a word game. It's right up my alley. Yeah. Alley? That's my first guess. That's not bad because you got an A and an E in there. 
Yeah, though you are duplicating two letters, so that's a little bit of a waste. I always, I always start with one word that is has duplicates two letters, but I can't help myself every time. Okay, I'm just hoping it'll be the first word. One yeah, day. I usually start with pivot. Pivot is one of my first ones that okay. I usually start with, um, and then uh, go, then go from there. I've been playing. Um, <laughs> I've been playing. Uh, uh, let me drop a name, please. A little name called Cliff Nesteroff. Uh huh. Um, who used to be a local uh, comedian who is now kind of the uh, uh, comedy uh, know-it-all on mm-hmm. all the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's most recently on the We Need to Talk About uh, Bill Cosby uh, documentary. That's, is that what it's uh, called? We Need to Talk About Bill Cosby? Yeah, uh, W. Kamel Bell. Um, it's a four-part documentary about Cosby's life and and wow. you know and his impact and what do you do yeah. with the good stuff and the bad stuff and you mix it up. But like uh, Cliff is, is peppered throughout, mm. you know, giving the information that he always gives and i would i'm i'm cool with talking about that in a second do they explain why his record company was called tetragrammaton i don't know mm. but you could ask cliff and you know that's cliff i guess um but uh cliff uh, found a couple of clips of me and mickey delens uh from an old game show yeah i saw that and so he sent me it was funny he sent he sent me some stills which are like oh these are very flattering stills thank you very much um <laughs> And uh, and it was also funny. Then later on, uh, we, we were just kind of joking back and forth, uh, and uh, and it led to you know talking about talk about, which is another game show I was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he sent me these pictures of Wayne Cox, uh, who was the host, kissing contestants, and then like you know the partner of the contestant looking on, like not <laughs> happy about this. It's just uh, just made me laugh uh, quite a bit. But he got the video from a website. That is just Canadian game shows. Okay, okay. So I was like, oh no, oh, no. I got to go this rabbit hole. So and, and a couple of them are like, there's one that's like Phoebe's Funny Bones, which was oh. like um, this game show for kids that mm. uh, all these local improvisers were on. So I was like, that's neat to see. Or Super Pay Cards, which I used to love. Yeah. But they got definition on there. So now I'm really going down the okay. definition rabbit hole because they're all just puns, yeah. fill in the blank puns, and it's like as a kid. I would watch that all the time, and I'd get the jokes before my grandparents. They'd be like, how'd you get that? Did you watch this already? No, it's a joke. Of course it's going to be that. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. That's, I get that's good that you like that. I, I never was a big uh, game show guy. Well, this was one because it was a joke-based game mm-hmm. show. Oh, they also, on that website, have uh, the Canadian... Let's make a deal with Monty Hall, yeah, I where that. he didn't end up like paying people in the end. Mm-hmm. It wasn't him, but yeah. uh, there was a problem. But he paid with Monty bucks, and the Monty bucks did not clear. So it's interesting watching all be- these. This is before Bitcoin. People so, so excited in Vancouver, so excited, all dressed up. Yeah. It's like you ain't getting nothing. You ain't getting nothing. <laughs> Fully Monty bit Monty bucks were in the part of the the blockchain. <laughs> they also have a game called Pitfall uh, that was hosted by Alec uh, Trebek. It's, okay, uh, it's fun. It's fun just seeing these like old game shows and really, yeah. uh, really enjoying them. Um, okay, but back to you know the we need to talk about Cosby. Uh, was there something about that that you were that you want to talk about? No, you were the one talking about. It. I've not oh, seen okay. it. Very good. It's a, anyway, it's a documentary <laughs> about Cosby, and it's uh, it's it's basically like he did all this stuff, but he also did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And how did we miss all this stuff? Because <laughs> he was constantly talking about like Spanish fly and stuff. Oh like really? Look, oh yeah. There's like a clip of him on Interesting. Uh, Larry King, you know, and uh, and and there was a there was a bit on his album It's True It's True, which was about Spanish Fly and him and Robert Culp 
you know, going to Spain and so excited because they could try Spanish fly. And like, just put a little bit in a, uh, uh, as much as like on a, a head of a pin. And, you know, and uh, girls go crazy if you slip it in their drinks. Like, oh, okay. And you think, well, that's a one, it's a bit, it's a thing. Yeah, and then like, yeah. just keeps bringing it up. Huh. And then there's like a, a scene on the Cosby show where it, it, he slips something into the, into a, a drink as well that's there too. And everyone's like going a little crazy. And it's like, what the hell? So it was like that kind of thing where someone is confessing. Yeah, yeah. Through, you know, they can't help the themselves. Yeah, they can't help they, it. They have to bring it up. They have to bring it up. Yeah, they have yeah. to bring it up. Yeah. You know, and then they're, you know, of course, combining that with like what he did for, you know, civil rights and the breakthroughs he did mm-hmm. and all this other stuff where he was a legitimate good person, but then he's also a legitimate bad person. And what yeah. do you do with this information? He made Leonard part six. You do make Leonard part six. <laughs> Which, to me, in retrospect, does kind of crack me up that he did something that was part six that was not part six. Yeah, that's a good name. Yeah. Uh, the Devil and Max Devlin. He is legitimately scary as a, as a kind of demonic character in mm, that. He's mm. good. Um, but, yes, what do you do? and Where, where do you put it? And, well, I guess that's it. I mean, it's even, to me, sort of more pre- a pressing thing for someone like W. Kamel Bell, someone who was black, who had didn't have many role models in, in comedy, and here's this person who's like a superstar, not just in the black community. You know, he's got the number one show. Yeah, he's not like a Red Fox, or he's not, you know, someone who kind of was ghettoized as a as a as a comedian. You know, uh, I know he had a popular sitcom, but I mean, as a stand-up comic, he definitely played to a particular audience, particularly in his, especially in his early career. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cosby he was, did, was uh, party records. Yeah, Cosby was across all all classes, all races, all ages. He could appeal to kids. He could appeal to adults. And he was one of those guys, too, who was like Bob Newhart. And this is the only way he's like Bob Newhart. <laughs> uh, aside from both both of them had albums I would listen to as a kid. Like and they had two legs. There you go. But Bill Cosby decided to be a, a comedian. And within a year was an incredibly successful comedian. Mm-hmm. And Bob Newhart, one of the first times he ever did stand-up, yeah. was recorded. And that's the button-down mind of Bob Newhart, which is one of the best comedy albums of all time. Yeah. That was like one of his first like, gigs <laughs> was that. Yeah. And like both of them, like right out of the gate, immediately... Had the timing, the had the whole... standard-bearing yeah. comedy of their time, yeah. of that type of storytelling comedy. Yeah. And it's just like, What? No one does that now. Now it's always like you do uh, open mic nights and you yeah. build up your set. And you yeah. build up your set yeah. and you work on it for like five years. You work on it for more years. And then mm-hmm. maybe you get a special. Maybe whatever. But you don't make, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a defining album or a defining special. Just, like I think album. right place, right time for, for, for Newhart anyway. I mean, that was just the, that was a new market, this burgeoning market of comedy albums. And he had albums. the material. And, he had and the then material. he had the material to do another album. And he yeah. had the material to do another album. And it's yeah. the same thing. Like it was just all the and and both of them would write their own material. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a, a Shelley uh, a Berman, Berman. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was, uh, you know, maybe Shelley wrote like a lot of his own stuff, but it, you know, most of the guys around that that time, yeah. would hire writers. Unfortunately, Shelley Berman uh, killed his own career. So, what did he do? I'm not familiar. Well, with. Well, they did a documentary about him. Okay, and he came across as a complete crazy control freak. Obviously, looking back now, he probably had like. OCD issues and stuff like that. But when you, in a time when people didn't discuss those sort of mental health mm-hmm. issues, he just seemed like a prissy, neurotic, mean, you know, uh, guy. And he just, the whole documentary just, just completely soured, curdled his, his reputation and he just never could recover. 
you know, because you so can't be they, you can't be beloved, you mm-hmm. know, and be uh, meanie. But on, then you get you know you Jack Carter's who always came across sure you know, very gruff or or yeah, Mort yeah. Saul. Who like you know you look at him on the old Dick Cavett show? Yeah, yeah, but he was his career was over by that point. Fair turned, enough. You know, like he was, was he a sweetheart like in the sixties though? Well, like, but I mean, just, did he just all of a sudden like have a personality? But you have to live up to your your, your image. You know, okay. if your image is as like a America's sweetheart, not that Shelley Berman was America's sweetheart, but if your image is as a a kind person who you know and. I guess you I just to... see these sour balls like a Joey Bishop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like there was that's what most of the comedians were then. It yeah, felt yeah, like. yeah. You know, it was just like that. They, or it's like Cosby was cool. Mm-hmm. He was the cool cat, and then Bob Newhart was just the nevishy, yeah, you know, yeah. nervous guy. Sure, you know? sure. But he never came across mean. But like the mean comic, yeah, that seemed to be a thing. Sure, like, but those guys didn't get TV shows. They didn't, you know, they didn't get sitcoms. They didn't get. You know, and Shelley Berman was of a different Joey Bishop sort of. Posted a talk show. Shelley Berman was more in your Mort Saul, mm. you know, Smothers Brothers, um, Jonathan Winters, like sure. the new comics, not the old Catskills Vegas guys. You know, with their with their ruffled shirts and their their sweaty, you know, old jokes and stuff like that. He was this sort of new, you know, and there was a neurotic element to it. So I'm always kind of surprised at that. That personally, I'm surprised. I've never seen it. I would be curious to see it. And watch it and say, this ruined his career. But I mean, it was a different time as yeah. well, you know. It is interesting to someone like, again, you look at, again, Cosby and uh, and Bob Newhart. I'm just putting those two together because <laughs> I used to listen to both of them a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both adjusted to the times that they were in mm-hmm. very, very well. And, you know, you see the sitcoms that Bob Newhart did and each time it was it was it was right for the time that he yeah, was yeah, in yeah you know and and just kept kept going and kept being you know you think like well and that that style's done like even <laughs> if, if Shelley Berman you know uh didn't have this documentary it'd be like well you know guy on the phone that's that's fine we're <laughs> eh, we're good with that yeah. we've had enough of that or same with Mort Saul yeah it's, it's fine he's fine but you know it's a Times they are changing, comedy <laughs> tastes change, mm-hmm. and both of them were able to adjust with the uh, with with the times. You know, up until hell, I don't even know if Bob Newhart's still alive. Is he still alive? Yep. Oh, there you go. He's fine. He tweeted something nice about uh, Betty White when she passed away. Oh, okay. Something else that um, Norm said on his show was, uh, or said on the Mark Mark Maron podcast. Just imagine while I'm talking, saying this, that I was working with pipes while I was... Listening. Sure, sure. Okay, I'm imagining that. Yeah, imagine I'm, that. You're super morrowing it in my mind. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, Watch out for the crabs. <laughs> those again. <laughs> he mentioned... Um, he was talking about Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. And Rodney Dangerfield, of course, was a friend of Lenny Bruce in the early days of, of their careers. And, of course, there's that great Albert Goldman book about Lenny Bruce called Lenny. And in that book... It does a classic thing where it's like, well, you thought Lenny was funny. You thought Ronnie Dangerfield was funny. No. Their friend, Joe Ansis, the funniest guy. Everyone agrees on it. The funniest guy ever. Mm-hmm. Didn't pursue a career as a, as a comedian, but so hilarious. Everyone loved him. This is always the knockout guy. And of course, Norm, you know, had read this, the book. And so he knew about Joe Ansis. And so when Ronnie Dangerfield came on Saturday Night Live one time, Joe Ansis came as well. What? And so he was like, well, I got to like yeah. follow this guy around, see what kind of pearls are coming. And I guess he, he said, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't say anything funny. You know, when you wonder, you know, like, and I was, when I heard that, I thought, well, one thing is, it's not a situation where you're, where you're riffing at a table, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's one thing you're at the deli with your two friends, 
and you're you're just kind of making jokes and riffing and stuff like that. That's different than like being a stranger in a strange land at Saturday Night Live, chasing around after your your very famous friend. Like it's not really a situation where you're going to be doing much spritzing or yeah. you know making a lot of jokes. But at the same time, if you don't like exercise your funny bone, if you just kind of slide into being an aluminum aluminum siding salesman yeah. for forty years and just grind down doing that. You're gonna come out of it not as funny as you were when you were twenty. Also, also you know? though, it's like it's it's someone who never had to go prove themselves. Like they never had to go into. Yeah. That. I mean, yeah. It's the it's the gladiatorial arena, and it's just like who was the toughest guy? Yeah. You know, in training, that was a uh, Doug. Okay. <laughs> and did Doug ever fight the lion? No, Doug never actually yeah, made it yeah. to the arena. Yeah, but he thought, was really tough. Yeah, you like, thought Spartacus was tough? Yeah. You should have seen Doug. Yeah. Like everyone, like Spartacus was scared of Doug. Everyone was like, "Oh, I'm Doug." You know, uh, <laughs> and, and and there you go. Yeah. So there's always that. Like every every comedian has, you know. But my brother's really the funny one mm-hmm. in the family. You know, this mm-hmm. is the family member. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking uh, at um, uh, how old Rodney Dangerfield was when he had his big break, which was on the Ed Sullivan show. Like in his fifties. He wasn't in his fifties. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Getting close. The first time America went, "Hey, who's this guy?" Yeah, was uh, he was a last minute substitution on the Ed Sullivan show, and he was forty seven. Wow. And that was his that was his big break. And then, yeah, he really started to take off in his fifties. You're right. Yeah, uh, but, but he I, wasn't performing at that time as Jack, whatever his name was. At that, he had a different I think name. Rodney, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like when he was on. Uh, yeah, he did. He did go by his his own name, Jack. Uh, that's right, uh, Jack uh, Cohen. Um, Jacob Cohen is his name, but yeah, I think he went by Jack Cohen. No, uh, I think he had a different name than that. Oh, it was like Jack, more more wasp sounding. <laughs> oh, even waspier than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. F- fair enough. Oh, uh, are you looking? He took the name Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, this is interesting. It wasn't oh. it, wasn't it suggested to him by someone else? Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll get into this in a second. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Let's see. I'm just trying to see what uh, what name what name he took. Huh, I can't quite I can't quite see. Okay. It. Uh That's fine. But what about Rodney Dangerfield then? Okay, Rodney Dangerfield uh took the name mm-hmm. uh from uh from a faux cowboy star uh played on uh, played by a very famous comedian on his radio program on the this comedian's radio program. Uh, it's like one of the most famous radio stars ever. What was the was radio like Jack star? Jack Benny? Yeah. Jack Benny had a, a cowboy uh character called Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> That's great. Then later yeah. It was used uh, by Ricky Nelson as a pseudonym on The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Jack Roy. Jack Roy. There you go. Thank you. That was uh, Dangerfield's uh, legal legal name. Uh, and yeah, in March 68, Ed Sullivan Show needed a last-minute replacement for another act, and Dangerfield uh, got it and was the surprise hit of the show. And uh, But I don't think... I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't see Caddyshack... The first time I remember seeing like Rodney Dangerfield, and I must have seen him do stand up. Because the first, but the first time I remember seeing him like in a movie was that Back to School, I think it's called, which was the first time I saw Sam Kinison as well. Right, which I later found out actually uh, a guy I know, um, uh, PJ Torquay, uh, was one of the writers on that. Okay, yeah, uh, he wrote um, was was kind of our guide on a sitcom pilot that we did. He was one, yeah. one of the head writers on uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, that's right, and that's also right. Uh, wrote Real Genius. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like he just became a regular on The Tonight Show, like in the early 70s, mm-hmm. and that was kind of where yeah, yeah. it all built up, built up. Uh, and his acting career started in uh, the movie uh, The Projectionist in 1971. <laughs> and, but then, yeah, Caddyshack was like the big thing, mm-hmm. and it was like easy money, back to school, and uh, yeah. 
just kept uh, kept on going. I'll never watch it again, but I really liked Back to School as a teenager. I remember that, yeah. That was a, Sam, yeah, you were saying Sam Kinison. Yeah, Sam in, Kinison in was there. a teacher in it. Uh, I think it's like a Vietnam vet. And yeah, you, 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 you did the scene for me when you, after you came <laughs> back from seeing it. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> we enjoyed it. Yeah. My uh, Sam Kinison impersonation. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he was uh, recognized by the Smithsonian Institution, which put one of his uh, white shirts and red ties on display. Okay. And uh, when he handed it to him, he said, uh, I have a feeling you're going to use this to clean Lindbergh's plane. <laughs> Good line. Yeah. There's, the, there's another guy who wrote a lot of his own material. Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing. It's like the nice thing, too, is when you get fame that late, you appreciate it and mm. get it and mm-hmm. understand it. So he was always apparently like super, super nervous. Like he always had stage fright, really, really bad mm. stage fright. But yeah. yeah. It also introduced so many comedians like Jim Carrey and whatever and really promoted them and pushed yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's but also like another story from Norm was uh, seeing him at some club or something like that. Two girl, with like, two girls in either arms, and he's like, uh, he's like, "How's it going, Rodney? It's going, go, going great. Going to do some cocaine with these two hookers. Couldn't be better." <laughs> <laughs> How's it going for you? You know, it's just like, well, yeah, no, I think you, I got enjoy it. I guess as to what could be better. <laughs> enjoy it. I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Use your fame. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about the movie uh, Rover Dangerfield. Anyway. <laughs> thank you for reminding us. There, thank you all for reminding us. One thing I would, one thing, Please. I'm going to go back quite a ways now. Go this back. is what I was going to say. There's when we were t- time for me to get one last yeah, yeah, no, 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 sour no. candy. When we were talking about David Letterman starting his morning show. Yeah. And being like, the world's, the world is ready for David Letterman. Like, we're going to, we're going to knock him dead. This is going to be, people yeah. are going to love us. America's just waiting for us. America's waiting for us. And it makes me think of someone I know who told me one time, he said, whenever I meet a woman, I immediately assume she, she, she likes me, like she's interested in me. Okay. He says, time will always prove me wrong, but I always go in with that assumption. And I was like, that is the exact opposite of how I go into any situation. And I would be the same. I just, it's, a, it's like mind boggling to me that you would do a show with the assumption <laughs> that it was going to be a big success. It seems so weird. But maybe, I don't know, maybe when we started Sneaky Dragon, I soon learned my lesson. But maybe I thought, oh, man, we there's no stopping us. We're going to be so popular on the internet, it's going to be crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you, you, uh, I'm letting you finish your thought. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't have a thought. That was the end of it. I, I, didn't think that was the goal. I left, a, I left an open... No, I, I don't remember thinking that. I just, I'm wondering if I did. I don't know. Because it's not the way I think. Mm-hmm. I just assume a certain disaster... And all and all things in my life. Oh, so, okay. You know, I'd go into any situation just thinking, "Oh, this is gonna be terrible. What a nightmare! This is gonna be I awful." I guess I feel like if I'm going back to days when I was uh, maybe not even dating, but like um, even friendships and whatnot, it's like there's times where you uh, talk to a person, yeah, and um, you know, I talk to a lot of people, and there's times there's times where you're like, "Oh, you see me," and like I see you, and like I, I we 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 see each other. And when that happens, that's just like something really interesting. And if it's in a romantic way, that's, you know, or a friendship way, that's what <laughs> yeah, we're at. Yeah. It could even be in a work way where it's just like, you know, you're, uh, you're working on a show together or something. And it's like, oh, I get you. And you get, and not everyone else sees what I'm seeing and you see something in me and you get me. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And we can then, you know, th- there's this bond that happens. And I feel that also sometimes with work mm-hmm. where it's like, if there's something with Sneaky Dragon and it's like, 
you know, someone hears something in it. They're like, oh, they they get it. Yeah. They get this connection. They mm-hmm. get they get what's going on. Yeah. Understood. And it was like that with, you know, when I was publishing my comics or, you know, doing whatever stand up or doing or doing something yeah. that you do and like, oh, yeah, you get it. You get the there's like a surface level and you go like, oh, yeah, no, that's entertaining. That's fine. But it's like music as well. Like you hear a song and just go, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really good song. Yeah. I agree. That's a good song. And then other people hear the song and just go, oh, <laughs> oh yeah i oh okay i get that i yeah. get what you're saying yeah, yeah all right mm-hmm. and then it, it, it goes it goes deep so yeah it's it's interesting when you end up with that's something i really do miss uh because of the pandemic is not being able to go to cons and go out and meet new people mm-hmm. and get that connection with people sure you know because sure. there's so many people out there that you know you will be talking to them for a while and just go Oh, <laughs> and there's so many people that I've been so lucky to uh, lucky enough to work with, and uh, and just like oh yeah, whoa, and it's just that moment of like, oh okay, all right, we get each other. That's yeah. neat. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 something really important. It's hard to even discuss, but it's this connection that we that 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 occasionally happens that really really matters. Yeah, you know? I think everyone's missing <laughs> that these days. Is, yeah, you know, like just just the desire to like see someone maskless yeah you know like just to see them just to be seen be seen see other people to, yeah you know there's something great about well like sitting at a table at a con and people coming by and saying hi are you going to other people's tables yeah. and saying hello and and catching up yeah and, and seeing what they're working on yeah seeing what they're doing you can see yeah. and, and then like if you look at their work and you get it mm-hmm. you get their work you get oh shit this is great yeah you know it's just so nice it was something that uh, I remember from New York Comic Con like a couple of years ago. Um, I was there with Pia and she had her editorial cartoons out. And so, you know, it's New York. So people walk by casually. You know, they, you, know you don't like, gosh, this is a, a convention. Right? Well, how do you draw them pretty pictures? And, uh, and it's like, that was, that was George Geef. Did you know that? I thought that was goofy. Well, it's complicated. We can get into it later. Um, he's a widower, though. Um, but people would come by and they'd look at like uh, like an intro cartoon, something that Pia would do, and they'd just like gasp or they'd laugh out loud. It would mm. just be something that would just break through yeah. this little barrier they had and just like, ha ha! And like, what? What is it? Like, look, look, look at this. And, like, and just like this relief of being able to like laugh at something that was like, horrific or whatever yeah yeah you know and uh, and connect with it and and that's just a real basic way of putting how what this feeling is but like you know when someone looks at your work and they go they get it and it's that mm, you just connect with another person it's or just, so or just ex- nice. excitement to connect you to the work as well yeah there's that as well there's many levels mm-hmm. uh to to it all and uh and yeah we're we're missing that connection right now and that is very very hard <laughs> yeah it stinks yeah pretty I'd, soon so go ahead I said pretty soon. I don't know. Yeah, pretty I'm, soon. I'm hoping. <laughs> Keep my fingers crossed. I think so. I think so. I think so. I think too. I think these truckers are going to take care of it all. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> They've done it. You're making me dislike Optimus Prime. <laughs> They've they semi done it. Yeah. There's been a couple of people that I've kind of had to like, uh, you know, not listen to for a while. They were just like very pro truckers, very pro Rogan. Mm very you know it's like okay, do you do you, do you uh mute them for a while or whatever like, yeah i kind of i do the snooze for 30 days or the mute so it tells whatever. me why you haven't been liking my posts I yeah, guess. yeah 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 no no very uh hateful <laughs> very very hateful i don't uh, care for them uh no it's like and again it's it's tough with people you know you don't 
like I get that people are pushed so far right now that yeah. everyone's like just snapping. Like, <laughs> but like I get it. I I get it. Yes, yeah. you know. Uh, so, but I I just can't hear this right now. So like I'm gonna well, step away from you for a while. Yes, I'm a dumb sheeple. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm a snowflake. I'm all these things. We'll talk. Let's talk uh, with normally times. <clears throat> Well, it's, it's interesting to me because, like, if you read it all, the newspaper, which I, I do in the morning. Right. You read first Luan. Then you go, <laughs> Where are you going with this? Right. I have my Luan Luau, as I like to call it. Uh, like, the, these trekkers, of course, are, this is a, this is a border thing, basically, right? It's a, yeah. They can't cross the border if yeah. they're unvaccinated, blah, blah, blah. If you read the newspaper, or if you watch the news, then you know that Canada is in a in a locked in a battle with the United States right now over trade issues. We don't have a lot of ammunition. We're Canada, you know. We don't really offer very much to the world. Like, you know, you can't have maple syrup. Oh well, we have Vermont. You know, we can still get it. Damn it! We'll take back Celine Dion. We'll take back Celine Dion. That's right. That's why she's not touring. But what we can do are are little pest things, little pesty things like close the border to truckers yeah you know um refuse to take dairy products from the states even though we have agreed to do so through in our treaty go back on treaty promises ignore american copyright laws this things are like that yeah we can do these little annoying things that make america irked at us but that's about all we have you know and so the truckers are caught in this situation you know the problem that we have though is because politics they can't say that they can't say, oh, well, the reason we're doing this is because we, we're just trying to keep America from dismantling the Canadian auto industry, which is what they want to do. So we're trying to fight for people who work in the automobile sector, mostly in Ontario, which is a very important part of the mm-hmm. Canadian political system because there's so many people who live there compared to like over by, here by the way i like that it was like all these twitter things about like and these and these protest trucks are going all the way from manitoba to ontario <laughs> it's still a pretty long drive not necessarily to ottawa that's a long drive yeah, yeah okay if you're saying that but that's not what they were saying yeah to ontario. they were saying Mon- manitoba to ontario yeah, it's not that far. which are it's not even not that far they're next to each other <laughs> it depends where you're going they're from, touching I guess. <clears throat> I guess it depends where you're going it's yeah, de- yeah. it completely you're depends right. where you're going but yeah. they have to go with the idea that yeah this these are so far apart these two provinces that are touching each yeah, other yeah okay but go ahead sorry no i just i just and i sorry, sort of feel sorry for these people because they don't understand where that what's happening yeah you know like they're like this is unfair and you're like yeah of course it's unfair yeah you're just a pawn in the game and they're not going to tell you that you're a pawn in the game because then they're giving away the game so you just are you're just a pawn yeah and you don't understand it because you don't really follow what's happening in the world yeah. except through a particular lens that is telling you things that are make believe, and that's what you're reacting to. And if you're if you're going if you've gone through two years of hell, you know, and now there's all these <laughs> you keep people, going. You know, well, you keep, that's right. When you go through hell, keep going. That's true. Uh, but you've got now all these other truckers there with you, and they're mm-hmm. they're supporting, and you're like, we're, you're a team now. You're a family. Yeah, it's like that feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels good to be part of a group. You know, I mean, that's wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to do? Turn around and go back? No, you want to be with you know. And Your then, brothers and sisters here. Then you have the unfortunate, you know, kind of latching on of a lot of fringe weirdos who also sure. want him. Um, there's a house in our neighborhood. He's uh, plastered Canadian flags all along his fence, his front fence, okay. and hanging from his house. Yeah. And then last weekend he had a trucker, like 
T R U C spelled across in, in little pieces of paper that he put out. And then I had a sign that said, it said, uh, government plus media equals division. And I thought that's so interesting. And then I stopped and talked to him about it. No, I'm joking. But I just thought that was really interesting because it, it made me realize that what these people want isn't compromise. They don't want to reach a, an agreement. They want absolute, they want to be absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And they want their way absolutely, mm-hmm. whatever their way is. Because in this person's mind, there is a time in Canadian history, and I don't know when this was in this person's mind, there was a time when there was no division in our culture, that media and government weren't working together yeah. to break us apart. I grew up in the 70s in Quebec, so I don't remember any of that at all. <laughs> yeah. Everything was a uh, swell. <laughs> there's a group called the FLQ. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, flick? Yeah, flick. I guess flick. I guess it was like people that liked uh, flicking their bicks, like lighters. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just like, you know, uh, they like to go to concerts and flick their bicks, and it was the FLQ. Maybe it was, maybe it was that. Flick. I, I think remember. flick is a slang for a policeman in, in France. Oh, is supporting uh, our uh, boys in blue. Boys in blue, yeah. It's a flick. Oh, that's Le nice. flick. Yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing uh, going on there. <laughs> Everything was fine. Yeah, but you know what I mean, right? So yeah. in this person's mind, that. And so that made me think, well, what he means is, you're disagreeing with me. This is, this is wrong. Like, this shouldn't be happening. We should mm-hmm. all be agreeing with me. You should all be on my side on this. Right. You know, with my car with Infowars.com on it. You yeah. should be agreeing with, with my, me in this, in this situation. And, you know, it's the same with, like, when you go look in the States, where you look at e- evangelicals, they're f- the same. Their idea isn't, we need to live together. Their idea is, you need to live like we do. Yeah, yeah. This is this Us is versus them. This is the right way. Sells. Yeah, yeah. This is the right way. Yeah. No compromise. No, there's we're no, not going to cooperate. There's no money in compromise. <laughs> no money in compromise. We want to, you know, we have a book. We have a book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Bible. It's literally true. And if you read it, if you read it, it will tell you how to live your life. If you read it, certain parts of it. Yeah. Even the parts that contradict. And leave the other out parts. some other parts. Yeah. It will tell you how to live your life. Most you're going to read the older stuff. Don't read the new stuff. That's not really relevant right now, although Jesus Christ is God. But anyway, don't listen to what he said. Listen to the older stuff. Deuteronomy is super important. <laughs> this is so weird. Like, uh, I just yeah. Don't, don't I just, blend fabrics. Don't, <laughs> don't blend fabrics. Don't mix, don't, don't mix, mix meat and cheese. Yeah, we got, uh, I'll tell you, and it says don't have shrimp, but, you know, we got a buffet here. You're welcome to have some shrimp. <laughs> this is all blessed shrimp, so it's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. People it's, are very vulnerable right now. Very, very, very vulnerable uh, to, to to dividing them into teams and dividing and just yeah. they want someone to just go. This is this is fucked. And uh, <laughs> it's like you know you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. We had no preparation for this. We weren't ready for this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I get it. But also, yeah. <laughs> I was I was mad because I didn't know why people were waving flags uh, this this weekend. So you're waving at them. Well, I was nice, and I was like, uh, I wasn't rude. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't have been rude, but there was <laughs> there was definitely like a woman who was talking to an immigrant, uh, and I say immigrant because he said, "I'm an immigrant," and I was like, "Oh, nice," <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, self self defined, and he just moved here, mm. and she was uh, like, "Well, I hope things are better by this time next year, uh, you know, when we have sovereignty again, and things are going to be right." <laughs> and I think you'll uh, you'll you'll see a big difference. Sovereignty. And I was like, huh? What does that mean? I don't know. There was a lot of like she could have just brought out some red flags and just started <laughs> waving them at that point. Like oh, I don't know how this is going. 
And then a couple other people came up to me and we saw like other people like waving the flags across the street. Yeah. I'm like, what's this about? And like, well, at first I thought it was sports. <laughs> that didn't look like sports. She's got a little sign and there's a lot of writing on it. Yeah, yeah. Which is never a good sign <laughs> to have a little sign. With a lot of writing there's on it. There's not a lot of detail. Mm. Yeah. You know how it's like they have the sign that says all kids matter and you can read it across the street. Yeah. And then it doesn't have a lot of detail underneath it because <laughs> that's what, yeah, she's got a lot of, lot yeah. of detail and that flag seems to be upside down. <laughs> all right. All right. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. I wish everyone the best. Yes. I mean, I, I was thinking, oh, I, at first I was like, oh, I should pull over and take a picture of this guy's house. It's so hilarious. And I was like, eh, leave him alone. Yeah. Every neighborhood needs a kook. Every, yeah, that's true. Everyone needs a kook. Uh, you know, one day he'll buy a goat for the front yard and we'll all have a nice time. <laughs> It'll be fine. Sure. I mean, it's still, I still remember like uh, voting this year and uh, having a guy want to start a fight, you know, because I was wearing a mask. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's the time we live in right now. It's just like. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm offending him by wearing a mask to vote. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to protect people and that's offensive to him. And what I'm doing is anti-Canadian and he's got to let me know that to the point where it would be good if we fought right now on the street. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay. Cause I guess then too, I wouldn't vote cause I'd be taken away somewhere and at least, you know, he would have taken away my vote, which would have been a good thing. Uh, it's a, it's a rough time. It's a rough time. Even for people that don't slip on the ice and get a concussion, it's a rough time. <laughs> I just, you just reminded me of this time I was standing at a locker talking to a to a girl at, in high school, and was in, I think I was in grade twelve then, maybe grade okay, eleven. I'm picturing you looking like Joe Cool. You know me, Joe Cool. Yeah, sunglasses. Also wearing a beagle costume. No, <laughs> you did wear that beagle costume. <laughs> Wait a bit. So I. I was uh, talking to this girl in the locker, and this guy came up. I did not know him. I had never met him in my life. Right. And he wanted to fight me. Okay. He wanted to fight me. He so he wanted me to go outside. Yeah. Outside to the playing field, and we we're gonna have a fight. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know who you are. Like, I can't. First thing, I can't fight anyone if I'm not angry with them, because like I don't know what to do then. Like, I can't like manufacture anger like that. Right. Like, if I'm gonna fight someone, it's because I'm seeing red in that moment. Sure. You know, and that's mostly with my brothers. No one else. Yeah, if you guys could, if you could be my brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you if you want to like, you know, uh, break one of my records or something like that. Yeah, do you want to really enraged? That then uh, then it's fine. You know? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind coming back dressed as one yeah. of my brothers, yeah. this would be uh, this is all work out just maybe, fine. Maybe maybe throw a hockey stick like a spear and hit me in the back. You know, like, something <laughs> yeah. like that. That that happened one time, and of course we got in a huge fight. But no, so I'm just like, I said I don't really understand what's happening here. Like I'm not going to fight you. That's so, so weird. The you know? person you were talking to, how'd they take it? The, she was equally confused. Oh, good, good. It wasn't like, get him. Okay, good, I'm <laughs> glad. No, no, she was not She was not down with his. I think maybe he liked her then. Ah, uh, that might be. And so then he was offended that I was talking to her? Was, yeah, and he thought this would score some points, maybe. I don't know. She'll see that you're good. he's a good provider. He'll fight <laughs> I off. I guess so. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, that makes sense. Ah, uh, that's, uh, ugh. I, like, I... If he started to like try and fight me in the hallway, then I would have engaged, I guess. But I'm not gonna like troop outside to have a fight. Well, the I mean, for the no reason. Of, like, okay, I don't the rule this. of thumb is. Oh, there's never, a rule of thumb. I didn't know this. Yeah, the rule of thumb is this: uh, take your thumb, stick it in his eye. Uh, no, the, uh, the rule of the rule of thumb is never fight anyone who wants to fight you. Okay. And never fight anyone who really wants to fight you. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a good rule. Yeah. There was a there was a there was a bit oh, I'm trying to remember the comedian. It turned out he was like a cops kid. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> exactly. Had a lot to prove. Exactly. Yeah, it just reminds me of this uh, bit that um a local stand up has, and I'm sorry I'm blanking on his name, but I remember his name I'll give it and it was talking about how uh, when he was younger he wanted to be a a boxer. Okay. Until he fought a guy who really wanted to be a boxer. <laughs> and that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Um but it also reminds me of uh, a Kids in the Hall sketch where uh, it's one of my favorite Scott Thompson characters where he's a guy that's just in a, a bar looking for a fight. Okay. And it's just like trying to fight all these Canadian guys in a bar and they're yeah, not yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah. Finally, there's one guy who's like into it. Yeah. But he's not picking up the signals, you know, <laughs> back like he's just so beaten down that no one wants to fight. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the guy leaves like, Ugh. and then finally he clues in, oh, <laughs> runs out to fight him. But it was like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy at the bar who just wants to fight. He needs to feel something. He needs a conclusion to this evening. What's it going to be? Well, he's not going to get laid. So it's got to be some sort of adrenaline release. And it's getting into a fight. I was like, oh, boy, to to be in that like, I mean, position. That's, that's the bar. That seems like a, a good venue for that kind of stuff. Not a school hallway. That seems like it's just weird. Like, oh. And then you should also like. I guess I saw a lot more fighting in uh, school school hallways. Oh, I did, I did too. But I just don't think it's like you know a great place for that. And I'm I'm not down with this. Also, yeah. I, I don't know who you are, so why am I fighting you? I need like a reason to fight. You <laughs> sound like an actor who just needs motivation. I do need motivation. Like I don't like I'm I've not gotten, feeling this. I've gotten fights with people. Yeah, but I have to be angry, and also it doesn't last very long because my anger doesn't last very long. Yeah, I've just very small amounts of fights when it was when I was young. And every time it was like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah. And, you know, I would usually end up like throwing the person into the crowd because I was mad at the crowd for cheering as well. And they'd be like, hey! I'm like, well, fuck off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then they'd shove them back in. And I'm like, ugh, that's just gross. <laughs> Fighting's uh, fight so gross. No, don't fight, everybody. Just uh, don't, unless you know. Unless you're fighting for your right to party. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Or Nazis, or it's Nazis, or oh, whatever. Okay. Then, uh, <laughs> then, then yes, indeed, you do. Uh, speaking of people who fight, real quick. Yeah. Um. Uh. Your wife is a fan of uh, Reacher, right? The Reacher books. Yes. Is she looking forward to the new Reacher series? New Reacher series, you say? Oh, there's a brand new Reacher series. Yeah. That apparently is very good. Oh, good. No, I know it's coming. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know when it's coming. When is it coming? Do you know? Now. I think. Oh, really? I, th- I believe it's now. Yeah, I just oh, saw Oh my a gosh. Well, then I'm 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 really excited about this. Okay. It's good. it's fun to have like uh, we're watching Ozark right now, but oops, did I kick you? But I feel like it's going to There's uh, no way you could kick me from way over there. Yeah, I guess I How thought maybe How long had... do you think your legs well, are? Well, you might have had your legs stretched out and then I was stretching my legs out. No, you got you got a lot of no, overestimation am... over your legs, buddy. No, no, no. I No, uh, you have to be a human I am giraffe. past these dragons here. Okay. All right. Okay. Some okay. by measuring by dragon. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking up when. Reacher oh, when Reacher starts. is. Yeah. Yeah, she's a big, huge fan of Reacher. She wasn't. She. She kind of enjoyed the Tom Cruise ver- versions, but she, you know. They were kind of enjoyable. They were pretty. The first one was good. The second one I thought wasn't that great, but but she was. Um, she definitely was like hashtag not my Reacher, <laughs> because you know you have a particular idea from the descriptions in the book of who Reacher is, and he is not Tom Cruise. It is uh, uh, February fourth. Oh, the co- it comes out uh, complete first season. And when when fell swoop? Yep, whole whole Megillah. Mm. 
with mm. uh, starring uh, Allard uh, Richson. Of course it would. That guy who who wouldn't want him in a in a show. Who is he? I'm thinking he might be a guy from uh, Titans, if I'm getting this uh, right. Titans. Yeah, uh, the TV series Titans, based on the Teen Titans. I believe he might have been okay. a character called uh, Hawk on oh. that uh, show. Okay. So I'm going to. Oh, okay. He was also uh, he was also uh, uh, Aquaman on Smallville. So I'm thinking this Ooh. is right. Yep, he was uh, he was Hank Hall of Hawk and Dove on the Titans okay. series, and he okay. was uh, Aquaman. On uh, oh, that's interesting. He feels like he'd be too, if he's playing Reacher. He feels like he should he should be too big to be be Aquaman. But I guess he was younger then. Yeah, it was a, it was a Smallville. A he's played a couple of uh, DC characters. He was also the character of Vigilante on um, uh, Legends of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, interesting. The less amusing Vigilante. Yeah, the good Vigilante is the one on uh, Peacemaker now. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> God damn, so good. It's a good show. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, uh, Dave. Yes, sir. If music be the food of love, <laughs> yes, play on. It's what the bard said. Is that what he said? Really? Yeah, the bard said this once. Uh, I think it was in regards cacophonics. To... You're talking about, I assume. Yeah, cacophonics worked for me. <laughs> it uh, it helped me to poop. <laughs> All right. It was music that helps you poop. I'm cacophonics. Gl- I'm glad you ran with that asterisk re- reference, but that's fine. Maybe you pronounce it as cacophonics. Maybe I do. Yeah. Anyway, I prefer Getafix, <laughs> who is now, what is it? What is that? Panoramics. Yes. Yeah, Getafix is now Panoramics. Eh. Eh. I eh. guess you can't have Getafix. Meh, but he's a doctor. Yeah. Meh. It's, it's a different era. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But uh, listen, uh, some weeks you, you tell me about a vampire soap opera. I do. Some weeks you um, do a little throwback. To the old Sneaky Dragon listening party, and you bring a themed song. I do. I you, do. You, you sent me some of these via the message uh, internet. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I picked out a theme. The, All right. The, the, there was a subtle theme running through these. All but right. why don't you? Uh, why don't you tell people what your theme is? Well, you know, we just had. A, we didn't talk about it, but we had a bit of fun the other day. Yeah. Let me make Friday. as much noise as possible. Yeah. Please do. Thank you. It's uh, there's a fire in here. Look out! Um, it was our friend Louise's birthday last week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if her birth—I don't think her birthday was on Friday, but we got together on Friday mm-hmm. to celebrate it. But um, Louise was being cautious right now; she's not going around spreading her, her illnesses and germs all over the place like she used to do. And so she we, was on three other podcasts. She was. I mean, she just went around right in the room. <laughs> she just went like, "Now nah, I'll do. I'll do any podcast." <laughs> was that right? We asked her, and she said no. Oh. It was weird. Yeah. Anyway. Anyhow. A little disappointed now. She was on the Gentleman of Elegant Leisure. She was. That's right. She uh, did uh, uh, Please, Please Put This Fire Out. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) She did Is This Anyone's Dog? Okay. That podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All the the big ones. Hmm. What's with all these trucks? She did that podcast. (laughs) Has any podcasts out there? And she did uh, Horse Mysteries. Oh, okay. The different Which one. I'm surprised. No, I'm just surprised you didn't notice that you found your new podcast. Oh, I thought it was the other because I found out there's two horse mysteries. One is for people who can't speak very loudly. So um, it was quite fun. So what happened was uh, Louis was kind enough to put together a, a pub quiz, sixty questions, kind of related to her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and she she put them into decades, which didn't make much sense, but I guess it made sense in that it reflected her interests of that time period. Yeah, so it'd be like in the 1970s. Yes. 
I was in a Shakespearean play. <laughs> That's right. So in the Middle Ages, what did they use uh, to bathe in? I was like, wait, 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 how does this have these questions? What's going on? I, at first I was confused, and then I, I realized what was going on. Uh, at first I was, you know. Angry. You went through the five stages of uh, pop stages. I went finishing with despair. And um, it was fun, though. And then also she she was kind enough to bring cakes for everyone. Yeah. She and her sister Jackie dropped cakes off. One was dropped off here for me. And I took it home, and Lisa and I had decorated it. Same. You, same. You, you uh, decorated yours. We decorated ours. Uh, with a, a, a nude version of Louise, which I thought was a bold choice. <laughs> it was very bold. Uh, it, was, it, it did make sense because, yeah. and by we, I mean uh, my sister-in-law and my wife. Yeah. Uh, they they made a sauna because she is... A uh, sauna? Oh, my God. Are we doing that? Because um, <laughs> she has a Finnish heritage. Yes. One of her yes. heritages. Yeah. And so it was like her out of the sauna. Yeah. Sauna. She, she and went. in some nice cold water. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, a, that was very the nice. cake thing now. And then our our friend Stephen, our friend Stephen Nelson did not include a, nu- a nude uh, Louise on on there. Very very, uh, I would describe it as classy, elegant. It was very elegantly Hang decorated on. cake. Lisa and Mai's cake was a little more blatant plug for the podcast. What I, what I had, had sneaky dragon on it, and it was uh, it was it was um, what I would describe as flamboyant, mm. maybe a little. Overfull of candy. We did a lot of scraping off of candy when we ate the ate the rest of the <laughs> cake, just because it was a lot, a lot. But um, it was fun. And what was best of all is that Lisa and I won the, uh, the the pub quiz. Yeah, you know, there you go. And by Lisa and I, I mean I won. Because <laughs> Lisa said when it was over, "I wish I answered a question." She said, <laughs> but it was fun. It was good memories of the days where we would go to pub quizzes together. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, and a lot of the questions. We're right up my alley. There's some Jane Austen. Yeah, I appreciated that. There's some, some Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre. Yeah, I've never read. I've never read Jane Eyre actually. Okay. Well, All my knowledge of Jane Eyre time. comes from <laughs> do have, comes from my uh, comes from my uh, you know just cultural osmosis. You know, like for me, it's uh, having seen the parody on SCTV. Jane Eyre. That's Air. all you need to know. Exactly. <laughs> I think I've seen. I think I've seen. There's. I believe there's a version with Orson Welles as. Rochester? Rochester, yeah, Eddie Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what they did. That's what they did uh, with Joe Flaherty on uh, SCTV. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's one with. Um, I'm pretty sure it's um, Orson Welles. I could be wrong, but he plays Rochester, and I don't know who plays Jane Eyre in that version. It's a while ago, everyone. That was a 1940s movie, black and white, but pretty good. So it would have been in her in her 1980s. Uh... <laughs> it would have been in her 1980s quiz part of it. Yeah, yeah, but it was good. That's good. I'm expecting any day now uh, the our gift our gift card to arrive for our, our win. Nice. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. yeah, you're correct. 1943 uh, Jane Eyre film. Orson Welles was uh, Rochester in that. Uh, who played the uh, Who played Jane? Jane was uh, Joan Fontaine. Oh, good choice. That is good. So anyway, so Joan Fontaine and the Fountains of Wayne. Oh, really? Yeah, that was their band. <laughs> uh, so. The full name, Joan de Bouvier de Havilland. Because oh, she was the sister of Olivia de Havilland, so she changed her name in Wait. order to to uh, be, be uh, I guess, an individual. And uh, born in Tokyo. Wouldn't expect that, huh? No, I didn't but expect that. there you that. go. Interesting. Yep. Everyone, so um, I thought it would be fun to kind of continue this celebration of Louise by playing a bunch of songs that are 
call Louise or oh. have Louise in the song. All right, very now, good. Now, I just want to point out, though, that before we play these songs, that these songs are not about Louise. I don't believe that Louise is like a riverboat queen. I don't know if there's a song about how, her as a riverboat how, queen. But how is she not like a riverboat queen? <laughs> how is she not like a riverboat queen? That's right. But I'm just saying that I don't want... Because maybe these songs have like a sort of a negative element to them. Oh. I don't know. I don't really listen to lyrics oh, that much. Okay. But, right. you know, there could be... And I'm just saying that it's more about the celebration of the name Louise than it is as a descriptor of Louise, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. So this is not a criticism of her podcast. This is not a criticism of her doing three different podcasts. I meant the Paw Patrol episodes that she wrote. I would never criticize those. Okay, very good. All of them a masterpiece. So let's start. You know where we should start? At the beginning. A very good place to start. When you start, you begin with ABC. (laughs) When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. (gasps) Do, Re, Mi. The first three notes just happen to be Do, Re, Mi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Bring back the nightmare of uh, Sound of Music. Louise wrote the episode, Pups Save a Space Rock. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. And pups chill out. (laughs) Chill out, pups. Yep. So, oh, this is the wrong top five. I have to go back way back up my... Oh, okay. Because I forgot I was looking for... I'll keep keep mentioning uh, episodes that uh, Louise wrote. (laughs) She wrote, Pups Save a Frog Mare. Yeah. Uh, Sea Patrol, Pups Save a Narwhal. And Pups Save Luke's Stars. Oh. Yeah. She did one that was a jumping, a horse jumping one as well. Oh, I, I don't know what it's called, but she did the season opener for season five uh, called "Pups Save the Kitty Rescue Crew." What's that bullshit? Why does Kitty Rescue Crew <laughs> need saving? Because they're just kittens. Look, man. Let me just say, inexperience. You and I do a little book called Sparks. Yes, about two cats that dress up as a dog, save the world. Yeah, uh, and we're where is that available? Pro cat. What's that? Probably it's available in any uh, bookstore or, a book or online. Or online. Uh, there's uh, three books, uh, though the third one isn't out till uh, April. Um, but uh, it seems like in this Pup Patrol... Remember Pop when Patrol it would have, would have been out, coming out pretty soon? Yeah. That was pretty it cool. Did, but then there was uh, COVID. <laughs> it, it, luckily, that's the only th- uh, way it's interfered with my life in any way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't like this whole uh, uh, the dogs have to rescue the cats uh, bullshit. <laughs> anyway, but still, congratulations on that episode. Okay, Dave, back to you. Sure. So... So this is actually the song that kind of sparked this. I was listening to Music at the Gym, and this song came on. Okay. And I said, you know what? This is this week's top five. Louise, this is for you. This is Ian Gom. See, he could have been successful, but his name was Ian Gom. Mm. And that is with two M's. So it's not only Gom, it's also ridiculous. Ah. And it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a career slowdown. But he, he um, played in a group called Brinsley Swartz. Brinsley Schwartz, I guess I should say, which was kind of, um, they were kind of like a, a, a ripoff of like a country rock band, but they're British. That's why it's a ripoff, because there's no reason to be British and be country rock. Okay. Because it's ridiculous. So, so uh, but he was in the group. Uh, one of the members was, of course, a person named Brinsley Schwartz. The name, band was named after him. All right. My, over his objections. <laughs> But also featured Nick Lowe, who's rather well-known. Yeah. And he and Ian Gom wrote, most people, if they read credits, this is probably what he's best known for, is he wrote uh, Cruel to be Kind with Nick Lowe. Oh, that's a, good was a co-write. Yeah, very good song. Uh, after Brinsley Swartz broke up, he, he uh, had a bit of a, he had a bit of a lull, and then he started to do his own albums in the late, eight, late 70s, early 80s. And this is uh, from his album, The Village Voice. 
that came out in 1983. And it's this is Ian Gom with Louise. Here we go. And we're back. So that was kind of, uh, I would think, sort of typical late 70s, early 80s sound. There yeah, it reminded the... me, the first thing that came to mind was like, a, it was a sitcom called Angie. 
Okay. Remember, it, for some reason, it just reminded me of the opening theme to Angie. It, it looked, it sounded like a sitcom theme. I could, pe- I could picture someone like walking mm. along the beach sure. and just throwing something at a bird, and then just like laughing, mm. and then a, a shot of their house, <laughs> and then you spin, in, and then you see like the cast yeah. revealed, and then there's a there's like a circle, and there's like all the cast sure. members turn around and yeah. look. And, you know, there you go. It's Robert Hayes and, you know, it's uh, whoever else would be. Well, he was British. So I think it actually was the theme song theme song for To the Manor Born. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But I liked it. It's okay. Catchy. Good, nice. good, good, good. Okay, well, let's go from uh, late 70s, early 80s pop rock to uh, mid-60s garage rock. This is a band called the Raymarks. They were from Bremerton, Washington, which uh, I've never been to Bremerton. But it's right across... The Puget Sound from Seattle. Okay. So if you got lost, maybe I have been there because one time we we made we made a mistake. I like you're talking your way into. I've been there. Wait a minute. That's where I got married. Well, one time I think I mentioned one time we were coming up from from Oregon from yeah. Portland with the girls and Lisa and I decided that we would go the wrong direction instead of going towards Seattle. We went the opposite direction and we okay. drove up the arm that kind of runs. So if you can picture Washington State, I can. It's kind of, it's so pictured like a square, a kind of rough square, with a lot of squeakles around the edges. And then when you get to the top, though, there's kind of like a, uh, a mouth. And that mouth has a big kind of lower lip that kind of comes up. Okay. And that's, that's where we were driving up. Up the fat lip. Up the lip, yeah. And that's where Bremerton is. Okay. Because it's across from Seattle. That's where the Bremerton town musicians but come from. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we did pass a donkey and a goat and a, and narrating, a dog narrating and a cat. Kermit the Frog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were traveling with some instruments. But we um, we got to a certain point and we realized, oh, my God, there's no way off of this part. Mm-hmm. There's like Maybe there's a ferry, but we don't want to like pay a bunch of money to take nope. a ferry across to Seattle. So we just turned back around. Oh, the girls are so mad at us <laughs> for this whole rigmarole. And we had to drive all the way back down and then go back up towards Seattle. Nice. Ugh, the kids were so Life mad. Life lessons. But anyway, this is the Raymarks. They, they were, you know, the Pacific Northwest in these days was a hot spot of, of, of um, garage rock bands. Mm-hmm. There was a place in uh, Seattle called the Spanish Castle, memorialized by Jimi Hendrix on Axis Bold as Love. There's a song called Spanish Castle Magic. Okay remembering his days as a kid or as a young teenager, going to see bands like the Sonics, like the the Kingsmen, so famous for Louie Louie. These were Northwest bands that uh, played. The, the, and because uh, the Northwest, despite its kind of granola yoga mat rep- reputation now, was once a very rough area. Kind of like Vancouver was once a very rough place. You know, it was kind of the home to a lot of loggers and sailors and dock workers and stuff like that. So there was an undercurrent of of violence that in these areas. And so the music was kind of reflected that in that it was very, you know, rough and ready. It was for bars, for people who wanted to punch each other because they, <laughs> they couldn't get laid. Yeah. And, uh, we, we know the type we've discussed sure, previously. Sure. So, uh, this, this song came out, originally came out on Jordan records, which of course, who does not remember Jordan records? Obviously famous, a legacy that will never be forgotten. Because for, I have this on, on a, a collection like it's just called like um, highlights of like highlights of garage rock, you know, colon the Pacific Northwest, and so this is the Raymarks with Louise. Here we go. Well, 
weird when i was listening to it uh i actually was having a bad physical reaction to it just because of like uh how my i'm dealing with like some ear ringing right okay, now okay. a little bit yeah uh and uh, and uh, just the notes uh of of, of that song just yeah. started to make me go like Ugh. <laughs> um, this isn't for me yeah yeah it wasn't for me it was yeah. just very gruff and very mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I i did not care for that one as much as i do the other don't don't listen to the sonics then because they'll, they'll c- completely turn your stomach over i will listen to them uh when this is healed uh, <laughs> yeah surely. give it a listen then because uh, they are very good but yes yeah, so you probably would not enjoy that yeah it's a it's a sound of its time yeah i'm not a huge fan of garage rock which seems to be built around uh the guitar sound from can't get no satisfaction mm. like any song that has that eh, 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 sound going on for it and it's it's endless it's like any like any musical trend of that time period it's it's like a bottomless well of material you can listen to if you like it you could fill your life with it but uh, i think it's okay but i like the song a lot i thought it was, thought it was okay. a lot of fun but i'm and i tried to be like Kind of give everyone like a little bit of different sound, uh, different eras, and different different sounds here. Uh, so let's move on to a little lighter, a little lighter quality. This is um, from the late '60s. Um, I have once again, I this song. I, I don't know if it was released at the time in the '60s. It comes. I have it on uh, an anthology called "Looking Back: The Pie Anthology." This is the band's called Consortium. And what makes me kind of laugh is that um, they're on Pie Records, which was of course home to the Kinks. Okay. Which is why all the King's records sound so terribly cheap because they were signed to Pi Records. They could never have like strings and there's, you know, Ray Davis always, Ray Davis always sounds so jealous of bands that could have sp- sp- uh, strings on the records, you know. But, um, in the song, we, uh, the, uh, the Village Green Preservation Society. Right. My favorite song. The cust- I think there's like the, we are the Strawberry Jam Consortium. Okay. Uh, you know, and then fans of the uh, the uh, Albert Cross and all those who are awarded them. The, so it's a great rhyme, but also he's the word consortium. And this band was originally called the West Coast Consortium, although they were from uh, London. They were okay. from London. They had, you know, their, if they went to the West Coast, that meant they went to Cornwall. But um, uh, the song is called To Please Louise. Let's give it a listen, everybody. All Here right. we go. This is Consortium. Just to please Louise, Please, Louise. 
and we're back. That song reminded me of people lying in a field as the camera spins around. <laughs> and they're pointing up at sure. the sky. Sure. Yeah. Like another band, they they started off as like the you know, as the the marksman or whatever. And then, you know, and that worked for the early part of the sixties. And then, you know, and sometime in like sixty five or sixty six, they changed their name to like a different name. Sure. They became something The new marksman. Yeah, the new marksman <laughs> or you know, the whatever. And then and then the late sixties came and everyone was, you know, dropping acid and writing songs about uh, talking cats and, and you know, t- writing down a river with cellophane uh, boats and whatever. Uh, or cellophane trees. I don't remember. I got bad lyrics, guys. Uh, anyway, the... Cellophane trees with marmalade skies. Yeah, yeah there we go. Uh, so the, uh, you know, so the name changed again. And so they wanted to, to hearken to the sounds of the West Coast, which sure. is hip and happening. So we're the West Coast Consortium. And this is the kind of stuff they wrote, of course, these sort of light psychedelic songs, which are right up my particular alley, by the way. I love this kind of stuff. I have uh, oodles of this. I mean, I I also have oodles of garage rock for whatever reason. It's not my total bag, but I could listen to this stuff forever. I could definitely fall down this well and uh, happily live there amongst (laughs) all this. uh, Sounds like a sequel to The Ring. (laughs) Amongst this stuff. All right. Here's another song just called Louise. Okay. Single name Louise. This is The Hollies. Mm Mm-hmm. From uh, their 1976 album, Russian Roulette. You know, to be honest with you, I didn't even know the Hollies were still together in 1976. Like, their last hit was, uh, I think, The Air That You Breathe, I think it was called, Mm -hmm. that came out in 1973. Uh, Because there was a time, so, of course, when the band started, it was like three guys who loved each other. Alan Hicks, Graham Nash, and one other guy whose name I can't remember. Yeah. And, you know, they went through the 60s, and then at some point, Graham Nash kind of had a falling out with them because they wanted to do a, they wanted to do a covers album of Dylan songs. Oh, and he was like, he liked Dylan. Yeah, yeah. But he's kind of like, well, why are we? Why not? Why are we using our own songs? Yeah, like, yeah. why are we jumping on a bandwagon here? We should be recording our own stuff. I got a great song called King Midas in Reverse. It's not actually that great, but it's always on compilations for some reason. Um, but uh, he left and went to, went to America and then formed Crosby, Stills and Nash there and made a lot of money, became famous. Meanwhile, the Hollies continued on. They were a very popular group in England. Very popular. So they carried on. But for some reason... Oh, sorry. Alan Clark. Is that his name? Anyway, for some reason, he got into a... He kind of got dissatisfied with where the group was going. You know, he was like the main singer by this point because Graham Nash was gone. And so he, he was the main singer. And uh, he kind of got... He wanted to have like a solo career. I think he looked at what Graham Nash was doing as going, hey, how come I'm not making a lot of money like Graham Nash? I feel like... And he kind of got mad at their producer, who'd been with the band from the beginning. Right. A guy named Ron Richards, who was kind of George Martin's right-hand man at Parlophone. When, so, you know, it's kind of like, you, we, uh, George gets the Beatles, Ron gets the Hollies. And so they, but he was still producing them, like, in the early 70s. And so uh, this guy was feeling dissatisfied. So he left. He left. They had one more big hit out of him, which was uh, Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. Okay. The song that people play, and then you go, you know, this is the Hollies. People go, this is the Hollies? <laughs> <laughs> this was CCR. <laughs> Yeah, I know, they're doing a weird CCR riff for this song, but it's strange. So anyway, so then he left, and then they had like a brief time where they had like a Swedish singer. Mm. He didn't sing in Swedish, but the guy who was Swedish. And then and then Alan Clark realized, you know what? I'm not, I'm no Graham Nash, apparently. I, I'm not going to have a big solo career. I need to go back to the Hollies. So he went back to the Hollies. Swedish guy out, <laughs> Alan Clark back in. And then they did The Air That You Breathe. Right. Had a big hit with that. And then they just kept going, I guess. And they did this album. 
And uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't have this record. I have this song on a on a one of my many Hollies anthologies because I love the Hollies. I think they're a great band. It's also fun just to say Hollies anthologies. <laughs> it is. And so let's give a listen to once again another song that if I said if they if I played it for you and then I said you know this is a Hollies you'd say this Hollies? is a, this is a Hollies whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> fall backwards off chair <laughs> clunk don't hit your head on that desk oh he hit his head on the desk again okay there goes another month <laughs> so so let's listen to the Hollies with with Louise everyone uh, let's literally let listen to the Hollies with Louise who is listening with us to songs about her but she's not in the room she's not with us is in she the in the room. room? Sorry, I've been talking about her. Is she, she right behind me? <laughs> you shouldn't have been bad-mouthing okay. her. Anyway, she's behind the door. All right, this is Louise. Pulling a boo Bradley.
right, and we're back. She wasn't behind the door. No, I was. It was just Boo Radley. It was Boo Radley. He was carrying a he was carrying a Scouts ham costume. Yep, carrying that movie too. Oh me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Gregory. Nice Peck job, Piker. Robert Duvall. Good job. <laughs> um, here's the thing about that song. Yes, it builds really well. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Really nicely. You it's know, a it's fun like, song. That's good. That's good. Whoa! Oh, you had. Oh, you were saving up. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. right. There we go. Nice. It's a fun, it's a great song. What is what? What's the song you listen to and you go, "Oh yeah, these guys were pros." Yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing. Like this is just like a throwaway song. Like, yeah. You know, it was a single, probably a single. I'm not for sure. Or it might have been like a choice album cut. But it's it's really great. Yeah. If and, you see that, if you see the, the watching a concert when they start that one and you don't know it, you'll be like, oh, "I don't know this song." By the end of it, you're like, "Well, it's pretty." It's good. It's fun. Yeah, all right. I'm fine with that. Now let's play something that we know. (laughs) The air that you breathe. We just played that. We need more air. (laughs) Stifling in here. All right. Ian, you you probably don't remember this time period, but there was a time in England when it was all chiming uh, 12 string guitars. In the in the, in the late, you're gonna say chiming children, chime ch- chiming children. That's easier to say. Boy, than boy, what day is it? Guitar. Bong. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of bands, yeah. they, and and they were kind of collected around a scene called C86. All right. And the idea of that was a cassette, Which is an explosive cassette, yeah, and '86, and then you know they uh, enemy famously put out like a co- compilation cassette of some of the choice bands of that time period, and kind of created a scene around this. Okay. This band, however, were kind of like floating around that scene, you know, and they kind of have, they do share some elements of it, but they're almost like a callback, to me, almost a callback to like earlier, like early 80s bands that were kind of pop bands, like Haircut 100 and stuff like that. All right. But this is The Man from Del Monte. That's the name of the band. Uh, from their album Catholic Boys on Mobilettes. <laughs> this is Will Nobody Save Louise. Ah. I think you'll enjoy this song, everyone. It's a, it's a bit of a goer. Here we go. What did you say about Louise? She get out to see her friends No, she stays at home alone Eats like a bird and drinks like a fish She can smile but she's transparent I see through her every word Is she a girl or is she a ghost? She is the only Thank you. 
That Louise's uh, reputation is still intact after that song. Good, good. Okay, yeah. Boo really enjoyed it, though. Oh, good. Glad Boo read. Yeah. He's not saying much. So I'm glad well, that he, he only says boo. He says the word boo. <laughs> That's the problem. So you might think, like, oh, this guy's not liking it, but he was really enjoying it. No, I like that one a lot. That song was uh, the most up my alley of uh, the song. All right. So the kind of 80s sound. Yeah, you're just like, oh, this is all over the place. Enjoyed yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad. This is like, I. We really went from a lot of times when I do these, it feels like we're just sort of circling the late sixties. But this time we went, we spanned, we spanned decades. Everyone, the we're, time machine, good for uh, us. Went a little farther. Good for us. We did eighties, nineties, because that song that was album was nineteen ninety, so just kind of creeping in. Although if you're one of those people like me who's a pedant, nineteen ninety is actually still part of the eighties. But anyway, okay. Well, I mean, I can't argue with your math because there was no <laughs> math involved. So thank you, Louise, for being part of. Uh, yeah. Our uh, tribute to Louise. I hope you enjoyed that, Louise. All right. Happy birthday. One day I hope we all get to go up to Lake Louise. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn now to our mailbag. Traditionally, we turn to the mailbag at this point. Traditionally, we turn to the mailbag. I, by the way, I read today's Luann just now. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's her and Tiffany, and Tiffany's giving her the guff. But not, that's not Luann. That's, that's a cheerleader. She has a, she has a roommate who's a cheerleader. That's not Luann. No. No, no, no. This is Luann. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm... I'm sorry, I apologize. I read the papers a day late because our delivery person out- delivers them after I'm gone. <laughs> oh, I see. So I do not want to give you a spoiler. You don't give me any spoilers because I've not seen today's yet. So, so much blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Pretty, uh, yeah, it is uh, pretty freaking brutal Okay. in the world of Luann. I don't even want to... I don't even want to get into go there. this. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, and her opinions on... Okay, anyway, if Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> getting a two-week ban, then she's definitely getting one as well. Um, so last week, uh, we we asked, when you were younger, what's something you saved up all your money uh, for to get? Uh, also, what's the most surprising or unpleasant ice cream flavor you've ever seen? And the Q-tip, yay or nay? That was my question. Yeah. The ice cream question was your question, and the uh, what did you save up for was Lisa's question. Excellent. Yeah, it good, was a good, good, it was a good, good question. Teamwork. It was a good question. Oh my gosh! First, uh, first uh, comment out of the gate is Louise. Oh, it's a real Louisa Ramadamadama that's, that's going on here. Louisa Palooza. It is really uh, a whole, you know, uh, moon time here. Okay, so Louise Moon writes mm-hmm. your ER waiting room stories. We did talk about ER waiting room stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought to mind a fun episode of the Australian animated preschool series Bluey, available on Disney Plus and elsewhere online. It's The Doctor, Season 1, Episode 18, where Bingo is playing at being a doctor and Bluey is working the reception desk. Their friend Honey keeps getting bumped for more serious pretend trauma patients. You would think that uh, seven minutes about waiting uh, uh, wouldn't be so entertaining, uh, but it's hilarious. Oh, good. Okay, so check out Bluey. I will. 
Uh, I also recently tried to de-wax my ears, uh, only I went with the internet suggestion to use a few drops of vegetable oil to soften the wax, uh, then to use warm water to flush my ears out a day later. I can't tell if it worked or if people just started speaking louder. <laughs> I confess to the improper use of Q-tips. And the most repellent flavor of ice cream yes. I ever saw was black licorice. I love black licorice. My brother tried it at the PE one year when we were kids. It looked like a shine it looked like shiny gray axle grease on a cone. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> it's great. It tastes like if you like licorice, it's great. It's bl- it's black licorice. Like I yeah. like black licorice. I grew up with a mom who loved licorice. My uh, my mother-in-law Lena would uh, <laughs> enjoy that, I'm sure. Uh, Peter Ayers replies, Bluey is marvelous. One of the rare uh, handful of uh, preschool shows that aim for excellence rather than adequacy. (laughs) I dismissed it at first simply because I didn't like the dumpy character design. But how wrong I was! (laughs) The true-to-life situations and voice work combine with a beautiful sense of space and place to make something relatable, funny, and appealing to young and old. Of the current crop of kid shows, I'd only rate, Hey, Dougie, uh, higher. D-U-G-G-E-E. Not, not Hey Dungy. Is this, is that like you're going right. to say? I thought it was like, uh, Hey Crocodile Dungy. <laughs> dungy. Yeah, that's right. Hey, how long is that a knife? Is that not a knife? <laughs> little little Dundee. Um, uh, Crystal writes, Did you guys in Australia get Crocodile Dundee? It was popular here for a while. They, um, didn't, they didn't understand it at all. Yeah. They were like, well, that's clearly a knife. They're both knives. <laughs> They're both knives. I don't understand. Yeah. They're both knives. <laughs> Um, Crystal, Crystal writes, hi, y'all. Uh, I remember seeing, oh, we talked about space balls. So let's get into that. Yeah. Uh, we then discussed space balls, by the way, at I, a dinner afterwards with our friend Nina. I dismissed it. You went, Fah. I said, fuck of space balls. Fah, fah, fah. Uh, I remember seeing space balls as a child and I remember it being a very strange film. <laughs> Good to hear it isn't worth a rewatch. Some people say it is. I was just saying. Uh, Goonies is another film that people uh, love because of their childhood memories. Mm. I'm from the generation that thinks uh, Goonies is the greatest film ever. I didn't uh, love it as the greatest film ever when it came out and soon grew a dislike for it each time it was shown at school. When re- I rewatched it out of nostalgic curiosity a few years ago, it still didn't resonate with me. Uh, Never Ending Story is another film a whole generation loves. I should make a point to rewatch it and see if it holds my fascination. I did not see... Uh, I've never seen that film. I have seen one of the sequels with Jack Black hmm. that was shot here. Okay. Because it was, again, one of these movies where I saw it in a theater where something happened outside of the theater in the movie, which I always find thrilling. <laughs> I love when, like, in the the movie is like, hey, that's the theater I'm in. I'm inside there right now. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I've never seen The Goonies. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not. I have there's no plan to watch. A- it. Listen, I will tell you this. I know Sean there's, Astin's in it. It's a, it's, it, there's some acting in it, and my God, is it 80s? <laughs> so um, they don't like the gays. I want to say no. No, I don't think that's. I think oh. there's there's undertones. Um, <laughs> in fact, there should be a character called Undertones. Um, there's there's a kid, a kid called Data who, who has all these inventions. Okay. Uh, and he was uh, played short round in um, uh, Temple Doom. Okay. Um, when I was watching the latest Ghostbusters movie and there was a character called Podcast, it was like, what are we in the 80s? What are we calling Data Podcast? What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Anyway, uh, continuing Crystal's letter. Uh, my parents used to visit antique stores on the weekend. I think the first item I saved up to purchase was a 1950s Mickey Mouse mug at an antique store in Nashville. Cool. The mug had Mickey on one side and Minnie on the opposite. Uh, it said, behind every great man... 
There's always a woman. Right. I used it to hold pencils on my desk at home. Well, let me just say this. Minnie is not a woman. She is a mouse. <laughs> Let's get that right. Mug. A woman. Behind every great mouse is another mouse. <laughs> yeah, because if you see one mouse, you got a lot of mice in your house. <laughs> that is the way it works. Yep. The most surprising flavor of ice cream I've encountered was that I got to have some ice cream later, I think. I think I've, I've now I've <laughs> talked, talked enough ice cream mm. that I want some. The most surprising flavor of ice cream I've encountered was peach moonshine ice cream. Oh. While visiting uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, Andy Griffith's hometown. That sounds kind of good, You don't actually. need to tell us it's Andy Griffith's hometown. Well, you knew that already? We all know Andy Griffith's hometown. No, I didn't, but still. <laughs> the fact that it uh, contained hard liquor surprised me, mm. since I thought alcohol can hinder the freezing process. Mm. But it was quite nice and had uh, large pieces of peach it's probably more of like a hint of the flavor and not actually alcohol in it i don't know have to ask andy griffith the inventor of booze and ice cream <laughs> all right uh q-tip we're not supposed to but sometimes i do use one okay are right, you secret safe with us? why not uh lisa you know lisa i know her co-host of i do know her only in the, the morris mysteries sense. oh yes Horse mysteries. I think I will introduce it like that from now on. A yes. horse is a horse, of course. We're of gonna... course, and mysteries sometimes run, of course. But that course has no remorse if you're a murderer in horse mysteries. We're going to uh, record a new episode this weekend. It's a cult-blooded killing. Nee! <laughs> that murderer wasn't stable. Sadly, this horse has been murdered. Hey! Hey! <laughs> There's certainly a lot of hay around. Yeah. Okay. Don't stir up trouble. What do you think, Sherlock Horse? <laughs> uh, question one from uh, Lisa. Uh, my mom was very good at getting me stuff I needed and fair about getting me stuff I wanted. However, when it came to music, that's where she drew the line. <laughs> the soundtrack for my UK trip when I was nine was Alice Cooper's School's Out. And although it took me a couple of years, I believe it was for my grade six birthday that I bought myself uh, that first album, very album, my first album. School's Out. For my party. Yeah, nice. Classic album, it folds out into a desk and also came with a pair of uh, panties. I think they're paper panties, but yeah. Okay. It feels weird that it would fold out into a desk when school's out. Why do you need that? To... <laughs> it's the opposite of what you need. Well, it's a good idea, though. The well, No, it isn't. Not for a yeah, school's cool. out album. It's the one album that shouldn't be. I have I have the record with the fold-out desk, but it doesn't have the pa- the panties, which oh. very, I find Ooh, very annoying. sexier. I wish it had the panties. Oh, I had no panties. Huh? Oh, <laughs> nice. All right. The following year, I bought Sound Explosion, a KTEL compilation. Classic. I think I know what you're talking about. I can remember it was a joint effort between my brother and our two friends. I believe the retail price was somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $6.89. And it seemed to take forever to save up the exact amount. (laughs) I also recall my mom telling me about sales tax and pointing out that I would need even more money. But I was insistent we had enough. So the next time we're in the vicinity of a store that sold records, uh, in I went to learn firsthand about the sad reality (laughs) of said sales tax. Oh, dear. Uh, Question number two. Last time we were in the UK, 2012. Mm. Oh, that's when the world ended, remember? I do remember that. This is all like a crazy afterlife we're in now. Because of something that Toltecs did, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, John Cusack's movie. Um, <laughs> we visited uh, Covent Gardens and stopped into an ice cream So store. I'm so mad to hear this. Okay. Because sure. that's where the Tintin shop is. And I did not go. I didn't know it was there. Anyway. 
We stopped into Covet Gardens and mm-hmm. stopped into an ice cream store that was selling sure. what was labeled as breast milk flavor. Mm-hmm. I am not sure if that was a joke or not, and we did not uh, chance it. <laughs> well, I've heard yeah. that that store has gone tits up. <laughs> uh. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to take a moment to pat myself on the back. <laughs> please, please do. Question number three. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Q-tips all the way and every day. Oh, my God. Don't don't put them oh in my all God. the way. She, she loves her Q-tips. Okay. A guilty pleasure I'm trying to break myself from. I sadly noted that our oldest daughter also suffers from the same affliction addiction. Oddly, uh, when I was in Hong Kong for two weeks uh, a few years ago, I felt absolutely no need to use Q-tips. I'm guessing it was the humidity. Oh, one of life's mysteries. Well, you just use chopsticks. Right there, That's fine. Same thing. Um, Jonathan Bampton writes, just put a little tofu on the end of a chopstick. That's like a Q-tip. It's the same deal, mm-hmm. basically. Um, question number one. In 1999, oh boy, remember remember 1999? We partied like it was that year. Yeah, because you had I to. Because that was what it was. Actually, I did that much earlier. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was also the time that that uh, a bit of the moon exploded. I did that in 1984? I partied like it was 1999. Oh, that was uh, that was the time of all those sex crimes, sex, sex, sex crime, crime, sex, sex crime. <laughs> remember? I don't the mix. I don't remember that. Did their uh, 1984 song? Who's that? Oh, you read the mix? Oh, yeah, I don't remember that. Sorry, I didn't listen to that music. That's how the song went. Here's how. Here's why I remember that for forever, is because uh, we played that on the school radio, oh. and uh, that's how the song started. And a guy ran into the room and went, "Turn it off!" <laughs> Probably the vice principal. Yeah, uh, I think earlier that week we had done all songs about masturbation. Oh, just, yeah, without saying what they were about. Oh, okay, so turning Japanese and other things relax and so on. <laughs> anyway in uh, 1999 i saved up all my money uh from working at hungry jacks to buy a pioneer dvd player worth 950 dollars what and a doctor no dvd at the princely sum of 39.99 <laughs> uh wow. i ought to have is it weird that prices have gone down now from uh, i ought to well that was pretty early on and oh it, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Really no i remember i remember if, you, if you're buying uh, buying in the beginning I remember it. I ought to have waited just another 18 months. <laughs> Price would have come down substantially. But I had to have it. That's how technology works. Yep. That's how they get you. Um, uh, the play- I mean, listen, man. If I want to get a PlayStation 5, I should wait till the PlayStation 6 comes out. Then, boy, howdy, I'd be able to get that PlayStation 5. Am I going to? No! <laughs> the player still works, and I keep it at the top of my wardrobe. I kid myself that I keep it after all these years because I appreciate its aesthetic golden design but i really can't bear to rid myself of it uh, because of pride in my teenage thrift (laughs) it's a very sweet story uh question number two i once had a bite of my sister's whiskey prune ice cream while uh holidaying in western australia it tastes like it sounds (laughs) they are weird out west those sand gropers (laughs) you know we're not very far away from this one ice cream place that has like infinite ice cream flavors Mm, yeah that place should stop there sometimes that's where they have that's where the durian is yeah there's other flavors too that's all i can think of do you think it just like ruins all the other flavors yeah it's it's just like spoils spoils everything okay number three Mm -hmm. i have never used a q-tip C-U-E tip, well, it spells it that way, uh, or indeed any instrument uh, used in a game of pool or snooker. Oh, come on now. Come on now. I ruined the joke by saying the joke. Uh, to clean my ears. Occasionally I'll use a cotton bud if that's what you mean. Boom, boom. Uh, yes. Nice. 
Razzle, we we use we use the brand name here. It's like Kleenex. Yeah. We don't say tissue paper. This is a fun thing at the um, at the pub quiz, by the way. Uh, there would be like two questions based on the same topic. There'd be like an easier question and a harder question. And with the easier question, Dave and I would uh, sometimes want to joke around and we'd ruin the second question because, <laughs> you know, we're ruiners. Like I did with your Q-tip joke. feel terrible about that. We could go back and edit it, but we're not going to. Boom, boom. Um, sometimes I'll dampen the cotton bud with olive oil, but I always take care to insert it slowly. I suppose... It's most about rotating in the ear canal to dislodge the superficial wax rather than going deep. It certainly is. Mm-hmm. And like Crystal, I was a late 80s VHS kid. My sister and I would rent space balls repeatedly from the video sh- uh, uh, shop. I don't think we'd actually seen Star Wars at the time. So we didn't uh, know it was a parody. We just thought it was wacky, the kind of broad wacky that kids love. There are quite a few people, I think, that saw space balls before Star Wars. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I remember recognizing John Candy even after uh, under all that makeup as Barf the Dog, <laughs> and uh, as as being from that other boring movie that used to bring <laughs> my father to tears of laughter, planes, trains, and automobiles, <laughs> and uh, wondered why could my dad like seriously funny movies like Spaceballs? <laughs> Only years later did I come to appreciate the latter film as the masterpiece it is. I do remember rewatching Spaceballs at uni and being nonplussed. Mm. Uh, Crystal, did you find your mates were either staunch Goonies fans or staunch Stand By Me fans and never the twain shall meet? I only saw Stand By Me in uh, my late 20s, and while appreciating its merits, it never really grabbed me. Crystal replies, Hi, Jonathan. Great question. I didn't notice my friends and classmates being in uh, distinctly either-or positions when it came to Goonies or Stand By Me, but now that you mention it, I did prefer Stand By Me over the former. Pretty in Pink was a movie that most of my friends were obsessed over, but I'd never, I've never actually seen it. Uh, thanks for mentioning Stand By Me. Now I'm going to have to rewatch it. It's a great film. Edward Dragansky has entered the chat. <laughs> says, I was a Stand By Me fan over Goonies, which I've never found appealing. I'm also a fan of Rob Reiner films, so Stand By Me ranks up there with his others around the same time. As far as Pretty in Pink and the other Shermer, Illinois collection of John Hughes films go, I was right in the center of all those growing up. Loved them. And they shot all of them outside Chicago, where I was born. <laughs> yeah, I much prefer Stand By Me over uh, Goonies. They are such different movies. Yeah, I wouldn't. One's like, Holy a, one's like a silly adventure film. The other one is kind of a serious coming-of-age story. So. <laughs> right. uh, sorry, I, I have just, not seen Goonies, though, as I said already. So I, I, was can't, just reading, I, can't I was reading a Seinfeld joke like in a bookstore just before. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it was about uh, how we saw Stand By Me and... Uh, you know, the thing that was so unrealistic was someone putting their hand on your shoulder and just like, you know, I think you've got, you know, a real purpose ahead of you in life. You know, it's like, who would say that? I just get pushed in the, in the, in the bushes. And like, I think you've got a real face for the bushes. <laughs> yeah, that does sound more realistic. Yeah. Joseph M. Boylan writes the following thing. Fellas, I uh, just wanted to drop a line and say how much I'm enjoying the show. Thanks. Thank you. I used to be a regular listener and even posted here from time to time. But when the (laughs) world began to collapse and with work obligations and such, I kind of fell off. Happy to be back in the fold and listening regularly now. There's something (laughs) delightfully comforting about the show, which is something we can all use these days. And by these days, I mean January. (laughs) Sing it, brother. (laughs) 
When you were discussing <laughs> tape heads but meant airheads, I was literally yelling, it's airheads as tape heads. Okay, oh this my. makes me think. All right. <laughs> Chris was doing the same thing. This is good. I like everyone's disturbing their families by yelling at uh, the show. Yeah. Okay. I've got, a qu- I've got a question of the week now. Oh, good. Um, uh, as tape heads was a movie I saw and loved when as a boy. And actually, it was part of the reason I got interested in video production, uh, TV, and whatnot. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, Spaceballs. It's a terrible movie. And I'm from the generation that grew up with it. And I still agree it's awful. I thought I was alone in this assessment. Something I saved up all my money to get. A Fender guitar amplifier. Most surprising flavor of ice cream. Pistachio. At first, I thought I'd hate it. But it was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. Hmm. Yeah, quality flavor. Q-tip. Yes or no? Yes. Of course, yes. What should we use instead? Pen caps? <laughs> yes, in a de- case of desperate times. You should use desperate a cloth. Measures. You should use a damp, warm You should cloth. use a candle. Light no! A, light a candle and stick it in your ear. No, light a candle or curse the darkness. <laughs> uh, carry on, keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Uh, back to Edward Dragansky, who says, As much as a Star, uh, Star Wars fan as I am, Dave will never see eye to eye on the sequels, damn it. <laughs> I have to say, I've never found Spaceballs as highly ranked as Brooks' earlier films. Mm. It has a few moments, uh, but compared to Young Frankenstein, yeah. Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. Spaceballs just comes off as sophomoric and hammy. If you're looking for a good Star Wars satire, try Fanboys for a change. It's made for Fanboys. Mm. It stars Dan Folger, who is now known for his character on the Fantastic Beast films. Oh, it's yeah. a story about four friends who attempt to break into Skywalker Ranch to see an early preview of The Phantom Menace. It has a bunch of cameos from sci-fi stars and totally uh, plays to the sci-fi audience with tons of in-jokes. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, that's a good film. If you want to see a version of that with Star Trek, Free Enterprise mm. is a good uh, film along. And uh, if you want to see another great satire of Star Wars, you should see The Phantom Menace. Boing. You know, there was a lot of variety shows that did Star Warsy stuff. <laughs> Donnie Marie. Yeah. There's, you know, there's just a lot. But here's one I will actually recommend, and maybe I've recommended it previously. Um, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, as a guy who's working at basically the Moz Eisley Cantina. So look up Richard Pryor. It's from his variety show, <laughs> okay. Star Wars. And it's him basically trying to walk, just working his way through the bar and, and, and just like goofing. And it's all the real costumes from yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's that pretty, great. That it's pretty great. fantastic. Have you seen it? No, I have not. It sounds great. Okay. You and I are watching this right after this is done. <laughs> all right. It sounds good. Okay. All right. Yeah. You will enjoy this. Look up Richard Pryor, Star Wars. Uh, have yourself a treat. I do. By the way, uh, look up Richard Pryor. And uh, Robin Williams, and um, uh, now we were talking about it, the, the film with uh, Scout. and oh, oh, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. Kill a Mockingbird. Look look for Richard Pryor's To Kill a Mockingbird parody okay. with uh, with Robin Williams as Atticus Finch. Okay. Yeah. That's it. And you look at it and go like, this was on TV. <laughs> Watch it and go, this is on TV. And go, what? This is a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's maybe in some ways a better time. In other ways a worse time. Yeah. I heard. I, I went to a podcast, a live podcast of the Edie McClure, uh, who was on on that sh- uh, show, and she had some great stories mm. uh, about being on the Richard Pryor Variety Hour. Uh, I saved for so many things as a kid and as an adult. I wanted a cassette tape recorder so bad as a kid that I saved for it for months. Well, we had one already, but I wanted one with a built-in microphone that I could use to tape shows off the television. 
Yep. Yeah, so that's before. what you did back then, old-timey times. In some <laughs> cases, uh, if my folks saw me taking an initiative towards saving for something, they sometimes met me halfway, paid for half of it, except when buying comics. I saved my allowance so I could order the Fantastic Four Galactus Trilogy, issues 48 to 50 from Mile High Comics in Denver. This was around uh, 1979. Uh, the total was about $30 for three comics. That's pretty good, though, for those comics. Now, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> 79, that's still pretty that's a lot of That's a big chunk of change, right? As I handed my mom the cash for her to write me a check to send in, she thought I was an idiot to pay for these three <laughs> comics. I still have them, all in very good condition, and signed by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Pretty good. Well, they would be valuable, except you've, they're scribbled all over now. Yeah, by whoever that was. Yeah. You should maybe get... Uh, Someone who, like Robin Williams, to sign it. Someone people know about. Yeah, he's, he's an easy signature to get now. <laughs> As I got older, I took advantage of uh, using layaway uh, for some of the more costly items, like like Stanley and Jack Kirby are easy signatures to get. <laughs> no. I, I started using layaway for some of the more costly items, like laser disc players or a television. Uh, the plan usually uh, worked out uh, with a terrific payoff of finally getting it paid off over time. And I think I saw some flavor of ice cream that was flavored, uh, bacon flavored, which sounds horrible to me. <laughs> it's always been a fad of flavoring stuff with something over the top like that. But my tastes are more traditional. There's a variety of ice cream down here in Texas called Sam's Choice, named after Sam Walton of Walmart fame. Uh, they made a chocolate ice cream that had a very generous amount of peanut butter ribbons mm. swirling uh, uh, through it. It was insanely good for being branded as budget ice cream. I can't find it now, which is good. Because I shouldn't be eating it anyway. <laughs> My favorite ice cream, hands down, would have to be Blue Bell's Tin Roof. Tin Roof is a vanilla ice cream with a rich chocolate fudge swirl and roasted peanuts dipped in dark chocolate. It hasn't been available for years. Uh, I'm lucky to have been rid of both of these flavors since I don't need the temptation. I probably could find it for you, but I'm not going to because it sounds like you don't want me to. However, <laughs> there's a decent variety of low sugar substitute flavors should I ever get the craving. And I'd be lost without my Q-tips. I can't even. I can't stand having uh, any water in my ears after a shower. Luckily, my daughter has a degree in the field of inner ear and hearing wellness. Has shown me how to use Q-tips and keep my ears clean safely. She knows everything there is to know about ears and how to care for them. Is and isn't shy about sharing uh, what she knows. I will be right over. <laughs> I'm waiting for an appointment with an ears, nose, and throat fella. Mm. Um, so there you go. Though I have been feeling uh, okay. Um, Chris, sorry, go ahead. But I said good. Good. Uh, Chris Roberts writes, Chris Roberts, I have a theory as to why doctors and midwives are often depicted calling out for hot water and towels mm -hmm. when a baby is about to be delivered. It's to get the father to be the hell out of everyone's way. <laughs> that is a good theory. Yeah. I think the first thing I saved for seriously was a music center. Now, for all you youngins out there, I should explain. This was a piece of 1970s music playing technology. That fits chronologically somewhere between a wax cylinder and whatever you're using right now to listen to Sneaker Dragon. That's <laughs> getting get rather folksy. Yeah, well, sir, <laughs> it was around the size of a medium suitcase and combined a record deck, cassette player, and AM FM radio in one unit. Wow. Well, sir, mine was an ultra cheap Japanese brand called Kyoto. Nope, never heard of it again either. But even if the quality was distinctly lo fi, it was my first record player, and I loved it. This was a gateway into a journey of discovery of all types of music. Now, sir, I'm going to keep going with this. Now, sir, radio meant late night listening to John Peel on headphones, naturally. 
Cassettes meant recording from the radio or borrowing records from friends and making your own copy. The big record companies told us we was killing music, which pissed them off because that was their job. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> and a modest but beloved record collection meant my bedroom was filled with the sounds of Mott the Hoople, the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, Paul Simon, Rory Gallagher, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Stephen Stills, Neil Young, and loads and loads of shite. I'm not admitting to here. <laughs> Ooh, you broke character. Now, sir, oh. to answer Laurel, who incidentally always comes across as the nicest person on the planet. <laughs> we found our daffodil breeder through a friend's recommendation. Hmm. Our variety was registered through the Royal Horticultural Society. That's just as big a mystery that you could go to a friend and say, I'm thinking about, you know, having like a special custom da- daffodil. Yes, well, sir. Do you know anyone I could t- talk to about that? Seems- <laughs> yeah, I have, I've got a friend who uh, is a uh, curator of the, uh, the, daffodil, the Daffodil League. Let me start by asking, are you a cop? <laughs> and now back to my regular voice. We represent the Daffodil League The Daffodil League The Daffodil League I bet there is one I bet if I looked it up there'd be one <laughs> I don't know if that's an international organization But I expect uh, there'll be a U.S. equivalent That would help you To find someone local uh, If you want to take the idea further Star James Watson is officially registered here And there's a link no photo, unfortunately, but I'll try to take one and send it uh, when the elusive blighter next shows its face. And cotton buds, of course, of course. Oh, my gosh. Peter Ayers writes, Lifts hat. Good day, gentlemen. <laughs> Following your chat about Sin City, I couldn't let your brief mention of Kevin the Psychopath uh, slip without passing on a nugget I learned about last year. It, as becomes obvious when you look at the two faces side by side, Frank Miller modeled the character to resemble Jeff Darrow, oh, his oh. erstwhile collaborator on Hard Boiled and Big Guy. Mm. Uh, there's a fabulous interview with Sweet Nature Jeff over at Cartoonist Keyfob on K- YouTube. Keyfabe. Keyfabe, sorry. Keyfabe. All right. Keyfabe. Yeah. You know, like the, the wrestling term for fake. Oh, I don't know that. You didn't know that term? No. I was thinking it was a Keyfob. No, Keyfabe is a term that wrestlers traditionally used and it's not obviously we're not supposed to know about it but it, the internet has spoiled everything but it was a term that meant that wrestling was kayfabe fake oh, interesting all right yeah. jeff is a legend and i'm curious to see whether his uh, fabulous concept designs are as evident in the new matrix movie as they were in the first ones yeah i'd say so and uh, you see a little bit of our friend steve steve skosh uh, <laughs> i had to look up erstwhile to check if i'm using it correctly and apparently it means previous I'm not big on flowery words, but sometimes they do uh, bestow an appropriate level of respect. Oh, like bestow. <laughs> Question number one. I don't remember saving up for anything, although I do have a childhood scrapbook filled with cuttings from toy uh, catalogs of all the Batman playsets, racetracks, ride-on cars, and similar expensive toys that I knew would never be mine. I did that as well. I, did that as well. I didn't cut them out, but I would... I would go through this, the Sears catalog when it came out, and I would go through it, and I would, I would usually be the friend or a brother or whatever, and I'd be like, okay, you can have anything on this page. What do you choose? And we'd make our choices, and then go to the next page. Okay, you can have anything on this page. What do you choose? It was, it was a fun game. And now to the bra selection. <laughs> have anything on this page. What do you choose? <laughs> uh, uh, five minutes alone. No, <laughs> creep. <laughs> five minutes alone. I was, I was 11 years old. Mm. I needed six. <laughs> 
Question number two. It's not uh, so unusual these days, but I love me some matcha ice cream. So bitter, rough, so <laughs> sweet and smooth. Yum. Best fellow of best flavor I've tried recently is sesame. Sensational. Hmm. Nice. Um, also, like the flavors that uh, I would try uh, after having some sushi. And there used to be a thing where, you know, they would always really push um, the uh, the ice cream afterwards. And it would be in the shape of something. That was a big thing about, like, Japanese restaurants. It would always have to be in a shape, not like a scoop. <laughs> Never a scoop. Um, fancy, fancy, fancy. Mario's was the uh, ice cream place that would always have. They catered to every Japanese restaurant in town, and <laughs> then they didn't. Something happened. Don't know what it was, but something happened. Uh, third question: the, uh, the end of. Oh, forget it. Go on. Okay. Hmm? No. You sure. Not, not, you played Mario earlier. Not in good taste. Oh, very good. Speaking of not in good taste, uh, <laughs> licorice ice cream. Um, I like licorice ice cream. Question, I like licorice. Wait. Question. Here's my question, though. Before you go into that question. Yeah. Do you like licorice? No. Well, then you're not no, going to like licorice person. ice cream. I'm a good person. You're a good person. Yeah. Sounds, like you're, sounds like you're a crab. What, what, have I been to prison? Is it the only candy I could have? A licorice um, crab. So there was question number one, question number two, and this is question number Q. Q. The Q-tip. Yes, for all cleaning all the crinkly bits of the ear on the outside. No, for all the bits on the inside. This reminds me of your previous personal hygiene chat about dental floss and the guilt that comes uh, free with every roll. <laughs> My partner is a dentist, and I once heard her sheepishly admit to her dentist mm. that even she doesn't floss regularly enough. The dentist absolved her sin and then confessed in turn that they don't do the Pilates they should, so the guilt goes around. I don't see how Pilates helps your teeth. Uh, thank you, David, for continue for your continuing song selections. Oh, you're welcome. Love the apple mix, mm. and I'm sure the mix uh, we've just heard was equally superb. Oh, well, oh, nice. I'll thank you in advance for enjoying it so thoroughly. I'd like to suggest three themes. Short oh, songs, okay. under a minute. I was thinking that. Fast songs, over uh, 200... I don't, uh, I don't know how to measure that. <laughs> okay. And odd time signatures. Mm, that's that's what I've also been thinking about. So that's good. I'm glad Lifts, you brought those up. Lifts hat. Uh, good day, gentlemen. Wait a second. Mm. He's back. Oh. Uh, P.S. Louise's comment uh, above reminds me. On a semi-regular visit to Sweden as a dance teacher, I was delighted to discover uh, not just black licorice ice cream, but black salt licorice ice cream <laughs> Sounds even better. on a stick. Oh, my gosh. The Salmiaki brand bar is diamond-shaped and encased in a black shell. The coolest, scariest, most disgustingly delicious ice cream ever. <laughs> Yuck. Yum. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my mother-in-law would uh, adore that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. her jam is the salty oh, it's good. black licorice. I like that. Are you down with the with the salty mm-hmm. licorice? Yeah, I like it. Okay. I've like I think I've mentioned before my uh, best friend growing up uh, parents were Dutch, so the salt okay. salt licorice was part and then my mum is also a huge licorice fan, so it was a regular thing in our house to have those big black licorice pipes um which are like you know, when you're a kid, there's like too much licorice, but it's so irresistible to eat it. And then, and because I'm like, I'm a person who loves to defer pleasure, I'd always save the little red beads for the at the end of the uh, pipe for the last part of it. All right. Uh, he does like to defer pleasure. Wait till the very end of this podcast. Woo, it's going to be something. <laughs> uh, Nigel, uh, final uh, letter on the website, writes, Hello, y'all. Uh, oh, another y'all. We're getting a lot of y'alls tonight. Getting a lot Thanks. of y'alls. Uh, I'll start with last week's question about COVID. Until fairly recently, most everyone in my life has avoided it. Then Omicron hit. <laughs> Fortunately, everyone seems to have just had a mild case. Okay, good. No hospitalizations. They've all recovered okay. Very glad to hear that. I got my booster shot last week, and that knocked me out for a day. 
Mm. Uh, as for saving money to buy stuff, I was a big fan of JRPGs on the Super Nintendo, and those games were not cheap. I'd pay half and my parents would cover the rest. I remember a salesman at Sight and Sound in Terrace said they cost so much because they contained so much memory, which is probably true, but in retrospect, they probably had a monopoly on video games for the... Why the hell? I just went to puberty. <laughs> had a monopoly on video games for the region. I can't complain. This is how I got a copy of Chrono Trigger back in the day. Cheers. I have got to play that. It is now uh, available on um, the uh, the Switch uh, like online uh, for free. Like if you're uh, part of the uh, you know online uh, service. Uh, it was one of the games that was just recently released. I didn't so. understand a word of that. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Do we Jerry have PGs. an email? I know we, we do because we you do, said so. But well, well, you know, there is a, a message previous. we missed a little while ago on okay. episode 528. So uh, you go to that. I'll go to these emails. As, oh, uh, from Crystal? Nope, from uh, 528 from Jonathan. Or as he's written his name as Wonathan on episode 528. Okay, uh, the most recent letter from episode 528 is from Crystal. Ooh. According to our Sneaky Dragon Ooh. page. We'll go there and look and see. I'm going to go there and look right now, David. I will. Uh, yeah, uh, Crystal wrote on February 2nd. Uh, oh, we'll read that one then. I'll, I'll, oh, wait a I'll, second. Who's, where's the other letter from? And uh, one, Jonathan Bampton? Jonathan Bampton. Well, let me read that one, then I'll yeah, read Crystal. Jonathan, of course, as we, as we all know, two-time winner of the Sneaky Dragon Question and Answer Show prize draw. Right. The award that fell off a truck. Has changed, changed his name, legally changed his name. From Jonathan to Wonathan to recognize this um, this immortal, never to be forgotten treat trick. You know what they say: pride goeth before the fart. Well, um, you got. I'm so proud to be. Oh no, my pride's <laughs> gone now. That's maybe you're, maybe you're proud of your farts. Maybe you are. Thank you. Um, Mr. Bampton says, you guys are so good. My route for the, oh, cause this was like connecting John C. Riley to Paul Newman. Yeah. Uh, requires four movie connections. Paul Newman was in Cool Hand Luke with Clifton James. Clifton James was in The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson was in The Departed with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg was in Boogie Nights with John C. Riley. You did it. You did a long way, but it was a fun road. Uh, I think I was hamstrung knowing all the, uh, uh, knowing F all Paul Newman films. But as it turns out, uh, the right amount of Sheriff J.W. Pepper movies. I think I've seen nearly all the Ralph uh, uh, Fiennes films at the cinema since The English Patient, save for any of the Potter films and a lot of his voice acting gigs. We had to study The English Patient film and book in English literature, and I was hooked. <laughs> really, he's a really fine actor. My friends think he's a bit one note, but I'm a sucker. For, for most of the time, my friends used to rib me about uh, an inordinate, inordinate, oh my gosh, sorry, I've read too much, a uh, number of times he bears his bum on screen, but they're just jealous of my man crush. <laughs> Good to see he's back with Wes Anderson in an upcoming flick. Yes, that film is called Look at My Butt. <laughs> that, well, it doesn't seem very Wes Anderson, but... No, it would be the splendiferous derriere yeah. of Mr. Terwilliger. It's Butt Rise Kingdom. Hot Rise Kingdom is also very good. Um, Crystal then writes, I'm listening backwards to try and catch up with all the f uh, few episodes I oh, might have missed. Oh, you and, you and John. Yeah, a lot of people are going the bizarro route. <laughs> I made it about halfway through the episode with Dave and his brother, and I got waylaid. Oh. This morning, I, I thought it would best to answer the questions of 528 before listening to 527, so I won't confuse myself. 
John C. Riley was in Stan and Ollie with Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan was in Night at the Museum series, which also had Dick Van Dyke as a security guard. Dick Van Dyke was in a Shirley Klein movie, uh, What a Way to Go, which also had Paul Newman as one of McLean's husbands. That is a delightful path. Well done, Crystal. Uh, I don't watch nearly as many uh, movies in theaters as I do at home, mainly because of my distance to a theater. In the last few years, when I go to movies, is because of my coworkers and I want to uh, go as a group see a movie, which tends to be, but not always, based on a book. Sometimes we're celebrating a staff birthday with a trip to the theater, uh, and in that case, the birthday gal picks the film. Oh, fun. That's fun. I like it. So that's that what do you for got, those. What do you got for me, Chief? Thank you for those late entries for episode 528. So, now, if you remember... Do you remember the very first <laughs> What uh, now this was Brent's question that we had uh, last episode which was uh, what unusual thing do you grow in your garden uh, and Brent has written with the uh, the subject heading quatwa quatwa I think it's pronounced fatwa <laughs> fatwa oh my god this is question of the week Friend says, what do I grow in my garden that no one else does? I love to grow unusual chilies from all over the world. Nice. I buy some seeds online or just gather them from dried peppers while, while I'm traveling in Mexico. This year, I'll be growing about 10 varieties of peppers, most of which I've never tried before. I also grow one large Jerusalem artichoke plant every year. I take the roots, cut them up, and dry them in the dehydrator. They are great additions to soup, stews or casseroles jerusalem artichokes can become invasive that's why i only grow one plant they say the only way to get rid of them is to move away (laughs) wow didn't know that that sounds about right sounds like mint probably the most unusual thing i grow is yacon yacon it is a plant related to the jerusalem artichoke and is native to the andes the plant is a is an herbaceous perennial that has green purple leaves in fall, after a hard frost, you dig up the roots and store the tubers in a root cellar. The tubers are starchy and bland at first, like a hikama. But after about a month, the starch turns to a sugar, and they are sweet and crunchy. Also, even though they're sweet, diabetics can eat them with no ill effects. Oh. Ooh, do you hear that, Ed? You can have some uh, yakon ice cream. Nice. That's good news. And then our second email is from John Hellbrooks, hmm? fellow backwards Sneaky Dragon. In fact, the originator of the reverse Sneaky Dragon. Ah. Please don't look at Urban Dictionary and look up reverse <laughs> Sneaky Dragon. Hello, gentlemen. I thought I would send an email this week to give Dave more reading opportunities. And I thank you, John. You're a gentleman and literally a scholar. I'm writing this on Sunday as a procrastination device since I need to be prepping for my week of teaching because I will have no spare time during the week itself to do so. We're bringing a major speaker to campus, and I invited him, so I'll be shepherding him around. After that, we have the first of three two-day job candidate campus visits, which are always a big production. Three two-day job candidates. Okay. I don't know what that means, two-day job candidates. Okay. Anyway, they're big productions. (laughs) And these will continue into next week. In the middle of all this, we have our Departmental Black History Month, celebration event all of this on top of my normal teaching and and administration load all this is to say that there probably won't be much backwards dragon project progress over the next couple of weeks darn 
I've been enjoying that. Question number one. When I was about 16, I saved all of my money to buy a 12-string guitar. Mm. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. I did save money when I was a kid and bought a very substandard guitar because I was too shy to say no to the person who was selling it. It ended up a disappointment because I didn't have the patience to tune it, string it, or get used to the doubled strings. So I played my six-string 95% of the time. It wasn't a total loss because I sold it to my cousin, who didn't play it much either. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a uh, confusing guitar to me. The tuning part I would find very intimidating. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess nowadays that you have the automatic tuners, it would be a little easier. But in those days, when you're trying to tune by string, ugh. Years later, like two years ago, I saved up all of my expendable money, that is, all of the money that our paltry academic salaries allow for luxuries after the bills are paid and the groceries are bought, for a pair of high-end headphones. I'm an obsessive music listener. Oh, you should listen to a podcast that we did called Stinky Drag Listening Party. I'm an obsessive music listener. I know, he does listen to it. That was a joke. I'm an obsessive music listener. Say that one more time. And my wife likes only about 25% of what I play. So good headphones are really an investment in our marriage. She's fine with Mozart. Mozart. <laughs> and Bach. Yay, Bach. But not so much with Shostakovich. I don't really know Shostakovich. Mahler. It's delicious. If you're, it's Mahler. Like a nice, uh, it's uh, the eggs dropped into this uh, green sauce. Mm. Oh, so good. Yeah. A nice Shostakovich yeah. in the morning. Mm. Yeah. It's mostly about, it's some tomatoes as well. How about Mahler? I can go for a chocolate Mahler. I, I barely know her. <laughs> Or Lake Coltrane. Oh, Lake Coltrane, yeah. Yeah, a little Ascension or Interstellar. That'll, that'll, well, if there's a Lake Coltrane, just wait for the next couple That'll, <laughs> that'll send your wife screaming from the room. Uh, you've, it's this total crazy free jazz. That's the Lake Coltrane. Yeah. So. I, I regret the Mahler joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Dave's going to edit that out. It's no, funny. I wouldn't even touch it. <laughs> touch it. I barely knew it. What? That makes no sense. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. I spent about a year watching YouTube video reviews, trying to decide. This is back. This is back to John, by the way, everyone. This is not me talking now. Mm-hmm. They're endless editorializing. I spent about a year watching YouTube video reviews, trying to decide what I would buy when I finally was able to save enough money. I made charts and lists. I'm just going to editorialize. Sure. This is very like, like my daughter Mary. Okay. She is a list maker supreme. She loves a list. She, all her decisions are based on incredibly complicated Excel spreadsheets. Anyway. Excellent. And it sounds like John is uh, of the same cut of cloth. I made charts and lists. The ones I bought were pretty good, but I end up using my Bluetooth headphones more often than the high-end ones because wires are a pain, and my aging ears can't tell much, that much difference anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The moral of these two stories, <laughs> as the immortal Snoopy once said after getting excited about supper time, the anticipation far exceeds the actual event. Question number two. When I lived in New Orleans, that's a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite restaurants, the Upper Line, had an annual garlic festival, which featured a set menu with every course centering around garlic. Dessert was garlic ice cream. Mm-hmm. You might say yuck. You didn't, you didn't say yuck, did you? No, I could see that working. You might say yuck, but it was actually quite delicious because they would roast the garlic to make it nice and sweet before adding it to the ice cream. There you go. You caramelize the garlic. It was surprisingly quite a subtle flavor. Question number three, no to Q-tips. Use a rubber bulb syringe to wash the wax out. Kind of an oral enema. Well, when you describe it like that, 
Yeah, I love that band, by the way, overall. Animals. Oh, yes, very good. They're the great album, Earwash. I don't know. Can't Looking think of at the Earwash. <laughs> Looking at the Earwash. Yeah. Thank you for saving me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, Rose Royce. Bang the eardrum slowly. John <laughs> uh, goes on to say, <laughs> Brief backwards dragon update. I've thoroughly enjoyed the Tropicalia mixtape. I've always loved 60s bossa nova, largely because of the jazz connections, but I knew very little Tropicalia. Much to explore. Gal Costa has instantly become a favorite artist. Ah, because she's such a great singer, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Check out the videos on the website. There's a there's a one of with her singing with um singing with Georges uh, uh, Ben. It's fantastic, and it's done. And I don't know if it's fake, but it's done in a way that it looks like she's literally actually surprised to be going up on stage to sing. Oh, and this looks like it's totally impromptu, and I don't know if it is or isn't because it's hard to tell because she's such a great singer that it could be the case that she just was invited on stage to sing, and she does seem kind of tentative at the beginning. Anyway, John, give it a watch. It's quite interesting, and it's very good. They're both great singers. I reached episode 500 of Sneaky Dragon, and I felt a pang pang of sadness that I lost track of you guys for years as I listened to all of the lovely tributes from the Sneaky community. But of course, it now means that I can enjoy Backwards Dragon, which will, I anticipate, take quite a while. (laughs) Well, if you listen to all 500, yes. Sorry, this is one... Sorry, this one... Sorry. I'm sorry, and you're sorry, <laughs> but let me, you, you be sorry. Canadian I'm going to stop saying sorry so that you can say sorry, John. John says, sorry, this one is so long, but you probably won't hear me much from me over the next two weeks while I'm immersed in work stuff. Stay well, John. P.S. Loved Horse Mysteries, Episode 1. Woo! Glad to hear that, because you're going to love Episode 2. I don't know. I haven't, you we haven't done it yet. You clap and you don't stop. <laughs> that's our new, that's our theme. We're kicking Chris's theme off. We're using that one. Just joking, Chris. Love your theme. Okay, folks, we have questions to ask. We have questions to ask. Ian had a question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of people were talking about yelling at the uh, podcast. I don't know if we've asked this uh, before. What was the last thing that you yelled at the podcast? What was the last <laughs> thing we made you yell out loud at the podcast? All right, all right. And um, we've got one more okay. from Brent. And Brent says, uh, this is his question. If you could live in any other country... Where would you live? Nice. Oh, so you'd live in France. <laughs> I see where you did. Nice. It's a I'm real so thinker. Silly. Everyone, if you want to listen to the show again, and I don't recommend it. First, wash your ears <laughs> with an oral enema. <laughs> with an oral enema. That's what Sneaky Dragon is the oral enema. We're saying this was, starts with an A, letter A. Mm-hmm. So... I'm totally confused now what we can do. You know what you can do, actually, is you can, if you enjoy, if you enjoy the next episode, <laughs> I mean, this episode, <laughs> if you enjoy this episode, please go to our website. It's called SneakyDragon.com and leave a comment there. Answer these questions. Answer these two fabulous questions. One from Ian and one from Brent. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, go there to SneakyDragon.com. Or if you prefer, if you enjoy my mellifluous tones reading your words, you may send an email to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com and answer those questions as well. Hey, we're on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon and, and we have Facebook presence as Sneaky Dragon. And you know what? 
I want to thank everyone who's been kind enough to contribute to our Patreon. There's a number of you that help support the show. And uh, when the end of the year comes, I'm able to write off all of the costs that are associated with doing the podcast. And uh, there's a few because it's not cheap to uh, keep all your podcasts on, on the internet. So uh, I appreciate that. That's what I'm saying. We both do. Thank you. Ian does as well. Though I'm more hands-off with the money. <laughs> yeah. Dave's got this bin that he likes to swim in. <laughs> I have a, of yes. Bitcoin. I have broken many a leg diving into that. Or, yeah, Bitcoin, or a, Bitcoin yeah. bin. Bitcoin bin, yes. My Ethereum and Dogecoin. Yeah, and, it just uh, come, comes, comes out and, uh, and goes like, I feel non-fungible. <laughs> Again. Everybody. Oh, you guys uh, yeah, just going to plug a couple of things real quick. Oh, you plug away. Well, uh, what I always plug, like we plug the Sparks books. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I also, uh, all right, please make as much noise as you can. <laughs> uh, my wife, Pia, and I uh, just appeared uh, on a podcast called The New Yorker Caption Contest Podcast. I didn't, they, I didn't know that. Yes. Did you talk about it on Facebook? Uh, we just did it yesterday. It just came out today. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel fine that I, did. I missed all this. This no, is pretty no. exciting. Uh, so, what is it? What is this podcast about? Oh, it's about the New York uh, uh, New Yorker caption contest. Uh, so, so my wife and I have done a couple of uh, cartoons for the caption contest, mm-hmm. uh, including this week's. And so, um, we they, it's a podcast where they enter every week these uh, the three folks, and but they know everything about all the caption contest stuff. And yeah, we just uh, talked about it, talked oh. about kind of our background doing New Yorker cartoons and sure. what have you. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a very fun podcast. And it just oh. came out. It's episode forty six. New Yorker uh, caption uh, cartoon caption contest podcast. If you go to the website, you will find a link there. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So I'm going to show Dave a Richard Pryor thing, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> we just might. All right, everyone. Well, have a great week. Yeah, Dave, just go ahead. <laughs> have a great week. <laughs> everyone take care. John, don't work too hard. Everyone else, uh, sufficiently relax to enjoy your life. Stay loose. Gooses. Bye. Bye.